0: Today, we bask in the light of. Mustachioed Greatness. Now, considering that I'm basically an atheist, one would think that maybe I'd be indifferent to celebrating Christmas. But damn it, I can't help it. The sad, depressing Christmas carols, the cool pagan traditions, the food, and I guess, you know, family stuff as well. It's all very good. I think it stems from my childhood. My grandma, my mom's side, my grandma Adreta lived in a damn tiny home before that was like a cool thing to do, and you would see it on shows. And I don't know, some guy named Chad and some chick named <laughs> Stacy were like, "Look at her house!" No, it wasn't. It wasn't that cool at all. We, we, we somehow we would fit like ten people in this little house, and my grandma was still able to fit in a giant-ass Christmas tree, a bunch of gifts. And a shitload of food, like more food than I could ever imagine. I remember it looking just insane as a child. Maybe it wasn't as crazy, but I mean it's been – my older siblings also say it was, it was pretty huge. So I don't know. It was a lot of food. I don't know how all that came out of such a little tiny stove, by the way. You know, neighbors – Many less fortunate would come by, and my grandma would make sure to feed them, and she'd even have gifts for them to take home to their kids. And it wasn't anything extravagant, you know, but the families appreciated it. It was a super kind gesture. Basically, my childhood Christmases were like a damn Mexican in the Barrio storybook, and uh, 1946's It's a Wonderful Life was part of that tradition. And luckily, I get to talk about it, because the legendary H.B. Warner, who plays Mr. Gower, Has a great stash in this movie. He's a freaking legendary actor. And, uh, I don't know. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, I got one of my best buds on here to fucking hit the lighter and say, Hot dog! Now let's make some super humble and considerate decisions to help our families. Get bummed because our dreams didn't come true. Jump off a bridge and realize, Hey, why travel when you're married to the gorgeous Donna Reed and have a bunch of kids that can get you beers at any time of the day? Now play that shit theme song. It's the Mustachio Pacasio. We're ready for the show. We'll watch the moves, we'll make jokes, the and then we'll all go home. That's getting the legendary hairy upper lip. It's the Mustachio you I want, I really do want to talk. It's a Wonderful Life, dude.
1: It's one of my fa- I'm not joking. It is. Uh, I, I I remember telling people all you need to know about me is my two two of my favorite movies is It's a Wonderful Life and A Clockwork Orange.
0: It, it explains a lot about the reasons why we, me and you, were meant to become friends at some point because they're two of Kismet. my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, it is.
1: No matter how many times I see It's a Wonderful Life it always gets me to cry at the end. When his yeah. brother comes in and says, to my brother George, the richest man that I know, come on, how do you not fucking choke up at that goddamn point?
0: Yeah, he, he has this face, you know, he's looking at James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, with this face, and, and Jimmy Stewart's doing this fucking, just, like, I'm so glad I'm alive, mm-hmm. why did I ever not want to have this life? Like, yeah. Like, and you're just you just break apart and then you see the little ringa ding a ling.
1: <laughs> hmm Yep, that's what Clarence gets gets his fucking wings. Which I also think it means his balls too, right? <laughs> Come on. You know, it's it's me. It's a wonderful life. I gotta do something to it, right? You think Clarence got his balls back. Yeah. <laughs> Wait.
0: So you become an angel? They take your balls away. <laughs> you got Well, that's how you
1: that, look. Believe me, if you have your balls, it's hard to be an angel, right?
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, let's start from the beginning. So, when did you? Let's let's get each other's experience of this mm-hmm. film. When did you first see this movie? As how far back can you remember?
1: Uh okay, I remember the first time I I mean I always kn- I always knew about this movie, but the first time I actually saw it, I was probably like maybe like 18 years old because that's uh, 18 was wow, when I started 18. smoking pot. Yeah.
0: Jesus, I was that's a late so bloomer old. among my
1: friends with smoking yeah. pot.
0: But it's also older than I thought you would experience it.
1: Okay, so you were 18. Years. I mean,
0: this movie's from 1946, like but well, no, it, I, it didn't become like a a regular thing until like the, the until around what the eighties or something uh, where they about, were just yeah because
1: there was a point in the eighties where around Christmas time man you could not fucking turn a fucking TV station <laughs> on and not see It's a Wonderful Life just over and over again yeah that's but, true yeah I was I was because I remember I started smoking pot when I was about eighteen years old I was a late bloomer amongst all my friends and I didn't know what movie it was that I was watching until it already hooked me. Because it was because uh, back then I didn't have cable TV, it was just like I think you just had like maybe what seven or eight channels. You had like the main networks and like an, an affiliate for this, independent network and that network. And I turned it on, and it was up to the point where he was going in to buy this brief the suitcase. I want a big one. Yeah, and that's that's exactly the point that I fucking turned it on. The way it fucking freezes on him going, I want a big one. He's holding his hands out like that. And then his narration comes in, and I'm fucking high. Okay, I just came from hanging out with my friends. It's like maybe 12 o'clock at night. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? I know who Jimmy Stewart is. I'm like yeah. what the fuck and then I'm watching it and then just a flashback and just it just got me and to this day I will say that if you ask me like who my top 3 like most beautiful women of all time Donna Reed from this oh, movie oh
0: my god
1: she is just maybe the most beautiful woman and you know I look I know it's a, a completely different time and different you know roles for men and women back then and everything like that but just maybe the best fucking wife in a movie ever right
0: her whole personality is just hot as hell yeah like she's so she knows what she wants mm-hmm. she, yeah. she has the opportunity to be with a guy who's already doing a yes. good like he's doing great he's making a ton of money it's one of it's one of george bailey's best friends um what is his name i think it's um uh, he-haw. Oh yeah he's like the hee-haw guy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing really good but she doesn't. Oh,
1: man, that scene when they're on the fucking phone together and they're both listening on the same fucking oh, phone. Oh, my God. And he's like, come on, George, it's a once in life opportunity. It's right next to you. You got to reach out and grab it right now. I'm just like, oh, my fucking God.
0: And all they care about is the fact that they're close and that they're yeah. together. And it's like, we can't avoid this. I think his name is Sam. I think his name is Sam. Sam Again. makes sense. Okay, yeah. Sam Yeah, E-Hall. I think his
1: name. Yeah. <laughs> after this he went on to invent a TV show called Hee which ran for 36 years and made a billion fucking dollars
0: he got, he got even more rich but all they wanted to do was be together and I and also I do love that scene not just because they're listening on the the little telly you know with it in between their heads but also the
1: Mary's mom yes she's so, disapp-
2: <laughs> she's so disappointed
1: <laughs> I am not listening on the phone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, this movie, so this movie goes back, I wasn't smoking at the time. I was so young because, you know, my parents love these older movies. My dad was a big film guy and just would love to watch a lot of these older films. And I must have saw It's a Wonderful Life when I was maybe four or five years old.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah,
0: it goes way back for me. Black and white, you know, they had the old black and white VHS before they – I think they eventually they released it in color, and I just loved oh, that, it, man.
1: Color, the color one doesn't count.
0: Yeah, I don't like the color one. I love it in black and white. I think it works perfectly for what the subject matter is, the music, the vibe, mm-hmm. the feeling of it all. And you know, I didn't feel it as much as a kid. As a kid, I always thought this was a very sad movie. Personally, you know,
1: it it, it kind of is when you think about it. It's really it's 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 such a fucking a roller coaster of emotions. This fucking movie. Yeah, this is, is me, Tim Pussy Yobo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn it, you had to work in a p-word. Come on, I wasn't gonna say anything about Donna Reed. Maybe <laughs> well, well hold on, wait. We haven't gotten the viola oh, yet. Oh. okay?
0: <laughs> the best pussy throughout the whole
1: movie, dude. Oh man, that fucking is famous throughout the whole fucking town, <laughs> man. God damn it.
0: But you're right. This this movie it 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 fucking it. it pulls emotions that you were not ready for at a younger age, for sure. Because, I mean, the it's obviously it's obviously influenced by the Christmas Carol, you know, somebody yeah. that needs to go through some experience, that needs to understand how important their life is, and needs to understand what they've been doing their whole life, and why it's important to be here to help others that need more, to to appreciate the life that you've been given. Yes. And that's great. But I think what they really struck gold with in this movie is fucking hiring Jimmy Stewart. Because <sighs> this guy just... He carries this, I mean, George Bailey is one of those characters, and honestly, I can relate to him in the in, in the sense of the fact that, you know, grew up, I grew up in the hood, mm-hmm. I'm very appreciative where I grew up, I care about the people that I grew up with, but at the same time, you're also battling the a part of you that, you know, you being from Queens, and, and there's a part of you that wants to be like, oh, maybe I can do more than this. You know, maybe I yeah, do a see, little Yeah, but see, I think,
1: more. I think being a fifty-three-year-old white guy, I don't have the <laughs> same feelings that you do. Where it's like, uh, you know, I want, I want to get out of a story. Okay, I don't want to be a yeah. death force anymore. I want to do something better. Yes. But then I also don't think that I have, as a white guy, I don't think I have that feeling where it's like, well, I'm leaving people behind. Yeah. I think the people if you're you white, you're like, if you make it, you're like, hey, fuck those motherfuckers. <laughs> and I think if anything else, you kind of have that feeling where it's like, you know, look, I made it. And, you know, I want to help other people who, you know, didn't have the same opportunity, you know, who had the same opportunities, but didn't get lucky as I did to get out of this area. Yes.
0: He got lucky. So. You know, I think George Bailey got lucky. His dad was it. you know, he. You know, pretty blue collar, you know, but was yeah, working for a bank. Know, he yeah. did some good work. You know, he, he
1: was born with a,
0: a little more privilege than other people in in, in the town he grew up in. Well, and he could
1: have had a lot more privilege than he could anybody have had else more. in the town growing up. But his father was, you know, like one of these, you know... You know, I look, I need I need $300 to live a month. I don't need to make $3,000 a month anymore, right? And if I make anything over $500, I'm ahead of the game. I can give the other $2,500 away and help other people.
0: Yep, exactly. Yeah, they they decided to be able to, I mean, I guess what would be considered a, 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 a semi-democratic socialist point of view of, of being able to help more people in the town, you know, than... Than helping just the very few rich.
1: Imagine that, yeah. Helping everybody is good for everybody else instead of like one person just like sucking everything up and like, oh, well, yeah, there's a guy in this movie that's like that, right?
0: Yes, there is. And Jesus, man, like one of the best bad guys Mm -hmm. of all time. I, I mean, even as a kid, like, I didn't understand the politics, I didn't understand a lot of the intricacies of, of, of what's going on, but Mr. Potter, that dude rang with me. Mm. I, I was like, I knew immediately, like, okay, this guy is... It, this guy is what has made America as powerful as it's been. I mean, you got to have that mentality to... You, it's a balance. You need to have a... Yeah, you need... I think for the reason why America has come where it's, you know, like basically the power that it's become since the very beginning is you have a balance of Mr. Potter and a balance of George Bailey.
1: Yes. <laughs> you know, like you got a little bit of both. But most... it seems like lately there's more uh, Mr. Potters and there more are George Mr. Baileys, right? Yes. Yeah. More recently. Because there's no, there's no Mr. Smith goes to Washington anymore.
0: <laughs> no. No. This is a very Mr. Potter environment, but. You see it in this film, just the influence that this guy has had, and he is so – he's so determined to n- – he already owns most of the town. Yes. And that's not I think not he like,
1: what, 90% of the 90% fucking town? Yeah.
0: And he's just so pissed off that he
1: can't take over the billings and loan or whatever the fuck. See, that's what's crazy is – I don't know who said it, but somebody said, like, you know, it, it, they have enough, and that's better than being, like, super rich. Yeah, yeah. And at a certain point, how much fucking money and power do you fucking need? Like, uh, look at this guy, Mr. Potter. He's in a fucking wheelchair, right? He, he can't is. be fucking healthy. And instead of like, no, <laughs> you know what? Uh, maybe I have five years left of it. Because at this point, this is like, I don't know how old, what year this movie was made. it polio. He's like, what, maybe 45 years old, Mr. Potter? <laughs> because yeah. back in the day, when you were like 30 years old, you looked like you were 75 years old, like how yeah. people look today. This movie was made in 1946. Yeah. So take a fucking vacation, Mr. Potter. Go someplace. No shit. Like like dude. Buy a fucking make... island. I don't know. Oh no, wait, don't do that. But why is he still... <laughs> But why <laughs> But why is he still
0: working? Like that I think that's what blows my mind and it kind of reminds me of you know, we you know where I grew up. There we have a neighbor just across the street and he lived a super long time. After retirement, but this guy would not stop working, and I think I think there's something in men, specifically men, where we feel like, well, if I stop working or if I mm. stop going for what I'm trying to go for, I'm going to die, and I think that's what represents Mr. Potter. He's like, if, well, if I don't stop trying to take over this fucking town— I'm gonna fucking die. So this is all I got, and this is he my just, goal. Yeah,
1: he can't rest until he has everything. everything. And then he, he well, he's a, he's a, he he's the kind of motherfucker he is, Daniel. He thinks that he can't stop until he has everything, and then once he has everything, that's when he can stop. That's when he can finally go on vacation. That's when he can go to Hawaii. That's when he can go to fucking DR and fucking let his balls hang out, whatever the fuck he wants to do. <laughs> but even when he, even if he wins, he's never gonna have enough. Because I had a friend like that. I had a friend who who lived in a fucking house that when he was growing up, it was a fucking horrible experience. All the shit that I know, I won't get into too many details about it. But he had a fucked up family life. It's very
0: broken home. Yeah.
1: Yes, he got when he got his job. He told me, as soon as he gets ten thousand dollars saved up, he's going to move out, get his own apartment. Yeah. And he wanted to have ten thousand because he wanted to make sure that once he moved out, he was never going to have to get go back to that ap- that house again. Guess what? He got ten thousand dollars, and then he had to have twenty thousand dollars because he really wanted to make sure that no matter what happened, he was never going to have to move out of his father's house and then move to an apartment, and then something happened with his job and then have to move back. Once he got twenty thousand, then he needed forty. Once he got forty, then he needed eighty, and he got to a point where it's like, dude, you could fucking move out and. Live by your fucking self and not work for five fucking years and never have to move back into your fucking parents' house again. Exactly. Why you do? No, 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 no. I want to make sure that when I do it, there's no. He's probably, as far as I know, still living at home with his fucking parents and maybe has like eight fucking million dollars banked.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, it, 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 it's a sense of you know, and I think that's a, you know, just as a tangent, I think that's obviously a, a common issue. With a lot of Americans, in the sense of you, you, you want this, you know. I've been following stand-up comedy for years and years and years, and one thing I hear from a lot of stand-ups is you start off you start off as an opener, and you look at other openers, and you're like, oh, I'm better than that guy. How come that guy's getting to do this show, or he's doing a yeah. bigger venue than me? And then eventually you become a feature, and you're like, well, damn, why, why is it, why am I I'm better than that guy? Why the guy's doing all that? And like, you're just constantly. Instead of enjoying or celebrating where you've where you've leveled up, you're fucking detrimenting or giving yourself shit because you haven't gotten to the level that you want to get above. Well, it's like so you have to have that at.
1: drive to get you, you to the point where you're a fucking big comedian or big yeah. fucking whatever. But and also at a certain point, man, you gotta learn how to fucking put it in neutral and just like fucking coast for a while and yeah. enjoy it.
0: Yeah, give yourself your yeah. You know that's one of those things that. Recently, honestly, Tim, you know, I've always been a. Uh, I get, I think it's, you know, me and you are from, you know, uh, city life, and we've grown yeah. up in a, a very blue colored <laughs> style. And, and in a big part of it is we don't give, we don't celebrate ourselves. We don't celebrate achievements for ourselves because we always feel like. Well, oh, wait, I
1: do. Every time I'm on a podcast, I give myself a little trophy. <laughs> you should see my closet. <laughs> Holy shit. Why? Okay. <laughs> well, I've always like been like in the in the vein
0: of oh I could have done this or I could have done that. But you know, as of late, man, I've been trying to celebrate. I give myself my own flowers. You know, my own celebration flowers of when I've when I do something a little special. Even though there's people that are doing this, there there's there's some fucking asshole that with a podcast right now for for all like fucking. Fifty-five people that are listening to this podcast right now. There is somebody that has fucking, listening, so it's fifty-six. Fifty-six people. There is fucking a, a podcast that has thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are living to that are listening to his podcast or her podcast or their podcast. And you know what? I am not worrying about that. I am just worrying about the fact that there is people that listen to this show.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: see it in the numbers. I see it, and I am like, holy shit! I guess I'll keep doing it. And so that's something that's different about me now. That wasn't me back in the day. Back in the day, I would have been very shitty about it. I would have been like, well, how come I can't – how do I get better than that? I'm happy the fact that every time I fucking release an episode, there's somebody that wants to listen to this. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I have Tim
1: on. (laughs) <laughs> That's why I get you that extra listener. Yeah, dude. Give <laughs> me that. You're right over that head. Well, I think at a certain point, it's like you have to realize that every look, everybody wants to have money, right? Nobody wants to be poor. No. but you also have to realize at a certain point in your life, you're not going to be Jeff Bezos, so you're not going to be a fucking Zuckerberg, that cocksucker motherfucker. You're not going to be a fucking <laughs> Bill Gates. Yeah, but yeah. you also have to be like happy. Look, if, as long I always look this way. If I have enough money to pay my bills and feed myself well, where I never have to eat something anytime during the week that I don't want to eat, but but I have to eat it because it's Tuesday and it's fish day,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and I can buy my video games and I can buy my fucking Nvidia Shields and all that other fucking shit, (laughs) Nvidia Shields, whatever the fuck it is. I'm happy. I don't need to have like fucking uh, like w- the few times I would buy a lotto ticket when it's like really really big. My wife and I talk and like we'd give most of the money away to people that we fucking know. And we're like, all right, we have two houses, and that's it. We're fucking gonna be good because why do you need, like fucking ten houses? Like the people are so fucking rich. that have so many houses, right? Yeah. Well, you have to hire a staff to take care of that house while you're not living there. Yes. That's fucked up. Like you're paying for fucking people to live in your fucking house.
0: Like I've been watching that show. You, do you watch that show, Succession?
1: Uh, no, but I think I should because it's always fucking people always talking about it, and it's on HBO. You so.
0: gotta watch it. It's a it's definitely a rich white show.
1: I just you know game Game of Thrones really burned me with HBO shows. I like I don't want Succession to end with like a big fucking war, and then all of a sudden some fucking like mailroom <laughs> boy becomes a fucking co- CEO of the company. <laughs> I hope that's not how it ends. <laughs> I hope that's how it ends. I hope that some guy finally from the mailroom makes it. <laughs> guy from the mailroom? His name is Bobby Trippett. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 I hope Bobby listens to this. But, yes, it's good, and it it really does show you the the uh, the just the greed and the desire to become more powerful and to never be satisfied with what you have. And um, I luckily grew up very blue collar family. And I think that's a big reason to bring it back to It's a Wonderful Life. I think that's a big reason why it's always connected with me is it, it's made me think of my pops. Like, you know, I think my dad always felt like he was a very smart man mm-hmm. and he went to college for two years and fortunately ran out of money. He had my older brother who's, you know, 11 years older than me. So this was back in the, sem- like, early, early 70s. Uh-huh. And my dad was like, you know what? I'm going to start – I'm going to stop going to this university. He was doing great. I, I You know, what's kind of crazy – I don't know if I've ever said this on my podcast, but, you know, cleaning up my, my old – you know, my parents' house where I grew up, I ran into a bunch of my dad's um, – uh, uh report cards from, from St. Mary's university here in San Antonio. And he was doing great. Just nothing, a bunch of A's and B, I mean, better grades than I got when I was in college.
1: You and know? he's going to a Catholic, a Catholic college. Yes. Yeah. He was going to a yeah. private
0: university, which was even more expensive, even more strict. And he was doing great. Uh, um, and and he stopped going because you know what he had my older brother and he knew it's time to make money it's time to go and get so, into So
1: all right so i bet you that when it came time for when your brother and everybody else in your family grew up it was really important that you all went to college right
0: Yes yes and okay. and, and his you know his siblings oh. you know my aunts and uncles were were educated and because he's the oldest so he was caught, sort of set setting the tone so you know i had uh his sisters and and brothers went to school and were educated and he sacrificed that time to be able to make money so we could at least have some food on the table and mm-hmm. have some clothes and he did what he had to do yeah. he did what he had to do and i know that a big part of him wishes he could have finished this, you know. I, I would, you know, even if you think about it as a little kid, and seeing my dad come home. He worked the same job. He, 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 he. Basically, what he did. Was he went to this uh, factory that manufactured these cylinders for airplane engines, and he inspected them, made sure they were perfect, and if they weren't perfect, he made sure that they were perfect. That was his job for fucking thirty five years.
1: All right, so it's a decent job though, right? He wasn't making a minimum wage.
0: No, decent blue collar job. He made good money, you know, and he made sure that 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 he stuck to it and he got it done. But you know, I'd see him come home every now and then. And I would see him feel like, I, you know, like looking in retrospect, I'd be like, oh, I bet he was thinking, damn it, if I had just been able to do more, but I just didn't have the time. So I think that's why It's a Wonderful Life always connected with me. It was like, I feel like my dad felt like that. Like, ah, oh, man. Well, yeah, William, because George kind
1: of like he, you know, his whole thing is he wants to get, since he's a kid, he wants to get out of that fucking town. And there's just one thing after another that, like, keeps him there. But, I mean, uh, you know tie this in with your dad as much as you want in the end he realizes that's the best thing that he could have had. yeah and it i could think have happened and to i him.
0: think that's the best part of it is that i think by the end you know by the time my dad was you know
1: i feel like i should say pussy more because i'm getting too sappy with <laughs> <makes
0: sense. laughs> i'm
1: bringing you in baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no
0: i really do think like i think a big part of it was i think he realized i fucking raised this family like i think at some point you're like holy yeah. shit like look i have these four kids they're all good kids. They're you know they're making a good future for themselves. The this is my this is my legacy. It's not. Did so, all of you, you know, go to college? I went to college, and my sister Angela went to college. My other sister went to banking, and like we all kind of. And my other my my the eldest my brother was a musician mm-hmm. for years and years and years. And okay, had so a fantastic. You don't need to go to college for that. No, yeah, no. He didn't go to college for that. He did do some college though and he got some uh some some uh some experience with that and if now he's working for the library system, like we all have our careers and it didn't matter if we needed to go to college or find some other we all found a way to advance our lives and find something that we love and that we're passionate about. And I think eventually my dad was like, Hey, you know, this was my legacy. It wasn't yeah, so look, much. Hey, you know, what I, I mean? got
1: four little me's who were much who did much better than I did, right? Yes. So that's gotta be a good feeling.
0: So I think that's why when I watch It's a Wonderful Life, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" Like it's not so much about yourself. You know, I and and I, the more that I, I didn't even get honestly, dude. And I'm and I'm sure this is similar for you, Tim. Like growing up in the inner city, it's not about. Feelings. It's not about emotions, you know. It, growing up in the hood, it was not about me ever pretending to feel like I feel anything. But eventually, as I got older, I started taking therapy. You know, I started doing therapy and stuff, and I realized that uh, honestly, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's not about you. <laughs> it's not. It's not always about you. Like depressed. The thing with depression, and that's what George Bailey's going through. This whole movie is he's mm-hmm. depressed. The, the problem with depression is it's very self-centered issue. You're just completely self-absorbed, and you're only thinking about yourself. But when you finally realize that your life is connected to so many others beyond your uh-huh. own life yes. that are making so many people happy, so many even animals happy, like your pets. are Some
1: there. little stupid thing that you don't even think about doing that you did that just changes somebody else's life. Yeah,
0: Exactly, and you realize there's more than just me. Me existing – Means that a lot of other people feel something that it's all interconnected. And that's why. Yeah, it's even important. if I'm
1: not Jeff Bezos, even if I'm not the smartest man on the whole fucking planet, even if I don't fucking do this or that, there's something that maybe I did somewhere along my life that maybe did help the person mm-hmm. who's going to be the smartest person in the world who's going to cure cancer, or cure fucking COVID.
0: There's a guy that's dancing on the subway every day where you live. And that guy. I
1: hate that fucking
0: guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why. This is why I love this. <laughs>
1: Fuck that guy. I hope he was never born. <laughs> oh, man. If he wasn't fucking born, I wouldn't be five minutes late one day. So it's okay. <laughs> you know, and I keep
0: wondering that. To, uh, you know, I haven't visited. I want to visit New York as soon as possible. As soon as like the fucking next variant is da- is gone. You know, there is so many fucking COVID variants popping up. Mm, good luck with that. I know, um, but I want to visit. I have not been to the East Coast at all. I've never been to any East Coast towns, ever.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: You know, I've been to some West Coast stuff. done of obviously from Texas, been a bunch of stuff around here. I've never been to the East Coast. And you know what's funny? <laughs> and I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I have a lot of people tell me, you know what, man? I feel like you do great in the East Coast. And I can't help but feel that it's because I'm an asshole <laughs>
1: that they think. Uh that. yeah. I think yeah, that's right, yeah. I think you your asshole Larry, will fit in much better here on the East Coast than it will in Texas, I guarantee you that.
0: <laughs> so I think that they sense that. But I need to visit at some point. But I've but always I don't wondered... know, you know,
1: New York New York is a tough town. It a lot is. of people come here, you know. You're a big fish in San Antonio, but <laughs> you come here in New York, you're just a little sardine.
0: I might like it. I might actually admire the fact that it's MSRB. a challenge, right? It is. You need, you need to do a lot to make yourself uh, heard uh, around there because everybody is Bing Bang, and uh, but I will say, I will say that I I do imagine that somebody in the subway that's doing all this ruckus and stuff, like I I, I don't even know how I would handle that, man. I you just, just I don't doing... look,
1: no. <laughs> There's some people who look, there's some people who take the cameras out, and the, there's other people clapping. and all that stuff. I'm like, look, first of all, I'm not giving that motherfucker any money, so I'm not even giving him any attention, right? Yeah. And there are some of these fucking groups that come on, and they do this shit with they swinging on the fucking poles and all that shit. I'm like, yo, you're going to kick somebody in the fucking head, and you're just going to run off the next fucking stop. <laughs>
0: Dude, I've seen it on TikTok, man. It's fucking dangerous. Yeah, you
1: dude. see, it with literally, what they're doing, is like, spins and all that fucking shit around the poles, and, like, you're going to fucking clock somebody who's not paying attention, look at their fucking phone, and what's going to happen? You, How do I explain to my insurance company, oh, I got a fucking broken neck. Why? Because I was on the subway, and somebody came on, and they started fucking doing their routine, looking for fucking money. <laughs> That's all
0: you did. It would be difficult for me because, unfortunately, in the South, you know, we are so about saving face and about just being cordial. You know, when I moved to Los Angeles for a little bit, it took me two weeks to stop telling people hi in the morning because nobody would tell me hi back.
1: Nobody! (laughs) (laughs) Yo, there's people calling the cops on you when you were saying that shit. (laughs)
0: I'd be like, "Hey, good you know, morning." Don't if- do
1: that. If you come to the East Coast, don't do that shit here in New York. Don't say fucking hello to people because in the building that I live now, I think I told you guys in the Discord, there's a motherfucker who's like turning the wrong way in the elevator. What the fuck? When we get in the yeah, he's facing us when we get in the elevator. And he's like, "Hello," and I'm just like. Yeah, that's exactly nothing. Just looking at him, like, yeah, Jesus. What the fuck. And he doesn't stop doing it. He keeps fucking doing it. And one day, I'm gonna fucking clock him.
0: I'm. I'm I will tell you, Tim. At least I figured it out pretty quickly. I was like, after two times in a row where somebody looked the entirely opposite direction of my face. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, was like, okay, I sprayed in the face of Mace like yes. six times. I was like,
0: okay, I get it. I get it. Nobody wants to tell me good morning in the morning. I'm just trying to bring a little light to everybody's life because this is the southern way. And nope, that they did not give a fuck about that. But uh, <laughs> back back to this fucking movie.
2: Yes.
0: Dude, I gotta say, man, the amount of shit that George goes through. Oh, it's <laughs> I mean, it starts off with he's talking to his dad and he's talking to his dad about, hey, look, I admire the fact that you've held the fort at the at the at the at the was it the loan place. Savings and loan. Savings yes. and loan. I'm proud of you. But it's my time now. I wanna go. I want to go to college. I want to get my education. I want to get a job. I want to go elsewhere. And this is the night of their fucking – I, I know you remember this. This is the night of the fucking high school. I think it's a high school <laughs> dance, but George <laughs> is already graduated. Yes. And his yeah, brother's but then, in high it didn't, school. Back it then, different. that
1: didn't matter too much, yes.
0: Yeah, it was different back then. It was actually nice to be – if you were like a 17, 18 year old in high school and there was like a 19 year old that was interested in you, it's like, that's a good thing because this guy's going to be probably, hopefully going somewhere with his life.
1: Yeah. And... Back then you were like, you would do at 34. So 19, like <laughs> middle aged.
0: <laughs> You're like, this guy's going to have a job at 20. <laughs> He's going to give her 10 years of income. Yeah, this is good. And so that's where George eventually, you know, he ends up dancing with Mary, Mary Hatch and they have that whole thing in the dance floor which is one of my favorite scenes because yes
1: yes yes he, where the jealous guy the opens jealous up the fucking guy. full of fall like...
0: <laughs> yeah i love that dude he has like three lines but it is what But you of know what best.
1: school's are fucked up today because you name me one fucking school today that has that setup
0: where it's a gym and then it
1: yeah. like separates into There's a There's a fucking electronic thing that pulls the fucking gym floor <laughs> back and all of a sudden it's a swimming pool? Come on.
0: That was some cutting-edge shit. I remember
1: even as yeah. a kid
0: thinking, that's got to be only for rich areas. Like That's I...
1: probably where like, 90% of this movie's budget went to, building that fucking thing. It's
0: amazing. And they're they're dancing to some swing music and eventually they fall into the pool. I love that the principal eventually is like, well, fuck it. I guess I'll just yeah. jump in the pool.
1: Right? Fuck it. Why not? Everybody get wet. <laughs>
0: He jumps in the pool and that's what we get. Well, it's the... also
1: great because they think that they're doing so great because everybody's yes. like,
0: ooh, like ah, Oh my God. Ooh, they're ah. like, they're anticipating them falling in. And they're like, and they're like, Oh, we must be pretty good at this. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jimmy Stewart makes this movie. I can't imagine anybody else doing this shit. Like he... I
1: think, I think the, it's a perfect pairing between him and Donna Reed for real. They, the chemistry so that perfect. they have is just so incredible.
0: It's amazing. Like even at that first scene where they're supposed to be young kids, and you do believe it because they act very well at being younger kids. And when they're older, they act very well. Like this was when actors actually were able to separate. Did we go
1: them. over the part where they're kids and they first meet?
0: No, in the candy store, in the, can-
1: okay. in the little ice cream shop. Yeah, see that when I saw when I saw that that was the part that got me the most. When the, she's a little kid and she leans over, she's like, it, "Oh." Well, we didn't get to it yet because he has the. No, bum it's okay. Ear,
0: right? We're bu- we're bumping around. I, I'm okay, figuring well. most people have seen this movie, so yes. yeah, right. he has was, that. So deaf we ear. can jump around. Huh? Yeah,
1: but the scene where she leans over the counter, the Viola comes in. And they're, they're both little girls, and you can already tell Viola's is going to be the little Barbie doll, and Donna Reed's going to be like the regular girl. Yeah, and Donna Reed's like, "Uh, George Bailey, is this the ear that you can't hear it?" Yep. Okay, and she and he doesn't say anything. She goes. I'll love you to the day I die. And that when I saw this and I was like completely stoned, I was like, all right, holy fucking shit. This movie is incredible.
0: And then it gives you a, a little bit of a doorway into George's personality because he's like, you don't like coconuts. like he, he Don't
1: you know where coconuts
0: come from, yeah. stupid?
1: Coconuts come from here because <laughs> he's on the National Geographic. Yeah. And he's not looking at the titties. He's no. actually reading the fucking shit. He's
0: been... <laughs> Yeah, he's not big on just the fucking loose African titties. He's like, he's so interested in the in the world and in international relations and learning about everything that all different cultures. And he's from this little ass town, Bedford Falls, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And but every, you know, and that's one of those things when you come from a small town. You know, me and you don't know this, but I know people that come from small towns, and yeah, there it's it's definitely something like a bubble. You know, you, that's what you know. Oh, yeah. And I think he felt like I am well beyond this bubble, even at that young of an age. And that fucking kid that they that they hired for that position, like for this part, did a hell of a job. He always <laughs> reminded me of Greg Brady a little bit. He does. Yeah, he does have that Greg Brady. He does have a Greg Bra- Brady vibe. He cries really well. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, the scene with him and the Mr. Pump. Gower. Oh. oh my God. Oh my Holy God, Christ. dude, that's the
0: first time as an adult that I cried was like watching Mr. Gower because Mr. Gower's is like you know he's the druggist he you know he's he works at yep. a pharmacist at a pharmacy and George Bailey's working in the pharmacy as a little kid. It's so cool. Like so, at some point there was a CVS where they sold ice cream and and codeine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Hey, if it arrives, you can get it together, right?
0: <laughs> I'll take a rocky road and, and a codeine, please. And and he he realizes that some drugs that Mr. Gower was going to give him to give to somebody else in the community was actually poison because Mr. Gower was distracted because his son had passed Why away in the distracted? war.
1: Why is he distracted? Yes, yeah, to, he just got a telegram that his son died in the war,
0: and, and he's falling apart. By the way, we're honoring Mr. Gower. His name is H.B. Warner, that actor, known for carrying some pretty legit mustaches uh, in the his, history of his career. This guy goes back all the way to fucking 19... 19- oh yeah, Wait a
1: second, is this the only guy besides Santini who has a mustache? Pretty
0: much. Not a lot of mustaches in this movie, but I, I decided I love Mr. Gower in this movie. His his filmography goes all the way back to 1914, Tim.
1: Wow. Fucking 1914. 19- 30 years before this fucking movie was made, he was already doing shit. <laughs>
0: like, holy shit. He was born in October 26,
1: 1876.
0: Wow. <laughs> he died December 1958. He was English, by the way. And uh,
1: Oh, shit. See, English people can always do an American accent. Yeah,
0: he knocked it out of the park, and he's fucking fantastic as Mr. Gower. In the and it's a wonderful life. Like he just finds a way to kind of capture that little bit of torturous, but also vulnerable. And he beats the shit out of George Bailey as a little kid. Like just whips the fuck. And George Bailey's ear was fucked up because he saved his little brother.
1: Yes, that's right. When they were doing the fucking ice skating thing, yeah, the ice thing, yeah. yes, going down on it. Of- what the fuck is that? Riding down a shovel. Well, I know, I was gonna
0: ask you that, because we don't we didn't have snow and shit in the South Texas, so I'm like, wait, was that a common thing? You just went down a fucking trash can handle and
1: Well, maybe you know, back then not everybody's like rich like Boston Wells couldn't <laughs> afford rosebud. Okay? So instead of rosebud, you gotta just have your dad shovel.
0: Like holy I mean, shit. It works, right? It does work. It seems like a lot of fun personally. I, I feel kind like it's like a steering rod. Yeah. You kinda of, kinda of guide your way through. But unfortunately, George's brother, Harry, falls into yeah. the water and it's cold as fuck.
1: And but he jumps in and saves he him. He dives
0: in and saves him. And Clarence shows that in the beginning, as y'all know. And it, he's able to save his brother, but George loses the hearing in part of or partial hearing in part of his yes. one of his ears. And Mr. Gower fucking beats the shit out of him because he didn't take the drugs to that guy because basically George realized this is poison, so he goes and wants to talk to his dad, but his dad's in the middle of a meeting and that's the first time. With
1: Mr. Potter. With Mr. Potter is a fucking dickhead.
0: It's so good. God damn it. I wanna yeah. watch this movie right now so bad. I'm I'm going off this movie just from like memory.
1: I haven't seen this movie since last year. I know I've I've seen a billion fucking times. I can't see this movie enough.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I've it's just so good. We see the very you know we get our first impression of Mister Potter, and he is just just enemy number one when it comes to.
1: And his fucking henchman, the guy who's just always standing right behind that him, right? pushes him
0: around. Yeah, he's the guy because yeah. Mister Potter's on a on a wheelchair. He probably, probably, probably got polio or some shit.
1: Yeah, he's like, I don't need no vaccination. Yeah, he, yeah Mr. Potter was anti-fax <laughs> he ended up in a wheelchair and,
0: uh, and so there's this whole back and forth and it's really funny because George Bailey as a little kid starts
1: bitching at Mr. Potter he's like fuck you yeah, Mr. Or- Potter you don't know anything about my dad fuck you it's so good Oh, yeah, because this is where he says, like, you're a loser or something Yes, like that. he talks bad And he comes in, he's like, my dad's not a loser. What are you talking about? Dude, it is
0: amazing. Like, to be a little kid, like, I would not have had those balls back then. Like, when I was, because basically George Bailey's, what, like, 10 years old there or something?
1: 11? Yeah, but also then when you're 10 years old, that your dad is your whole fucking world, right? Pretty much, So if you yeah. hear somebody saying shit like that, you're you back just, them up. maybe it's just your natural instinct. Yeah, fuck him up.
0: And so he starts talking shit to him and... and... George's dad tells him, Look, you gotta go. I can't help you right now. We're in the middle of a meeting. It's 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 pretty it's crazy. You gotta go. So he goes back to the pharmacy and Gower realizes he hasn't sent that. He gets a call. That, yeah, he
1: gets a call with where's where's my medicine? Where's my, medicine? Where's my heroin? Where's my yeah, where's my fucking coding, motherfucker? <laughs> I need that shit. I got a toothache.
0: And he just he goes up to he goes up to George Bailey. And he starts beating the shit out of him, like fucking oh slapping him across yeah. the head. And honestly, Tim, I'm confident this was a common coincidence. Like this was something – this is a common situation that would happen with a lot of because back in the day, back in the 40s and 50s,
1: you, oh, you just beat the shit out of kids. You, you, didn't even you, you could just to, hit them. Kid you, didn't have to be yours. No, no. just fucking smack him. Yeah,
0: and and also kids were working so young. I mean, even my dad. Yeah you know who was more a 50s kid was mowing lawns and shit when he was like 10 years old
1: i i would as soon as i turned 16 my grandmother made me get my working papers i was working when i was 16. Yeah. yeah
0: and and all of a sudden because you had a boss your parents basically gave that boss permission to beat the shit out of you mm-hmm. <laughs> corporal punishment and he starts beating the fuck out of George. And he hits his ear, and it starts bleeding. And he's like, you're hurting my my bad ear. And I'm like, fuck, dude. That part always gets to me because I'm like, fuck, yeah, man. Yep. He hurt that ear because he saved his brother, and now you're fucking it up. Like, it just always fucked <sighs> with me. Because the, the movie immediately lets you know George Bailey is one of these guys that he's going to do a lot and never get really noticed for it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's always doing the right thing, and whenever he does the right thing, he gets shit on. He him. gets shit, <laughs> right? For real, he gets shit. He saves on. his brother. Right. He loses his fucking ear. He saves that person's life instead of giving the fucking too much uh, fentanyl. And he gets beat the fuck up.
0: Yeah, it's so fucked up. And then, uh, and honestly, what makes me always there's two parts that make me draw tears. It's this part, and then the in the end, this part where Gower, because he's such a good actor, H B Warner. Obviously, has a history of acting. When he realizes that he did, he, he yes, was yes,
1: yes, yes, yes. And yes. he apologizes when he that fucking pill. Yes,
0: and he apologizes to George, and he's like, "I'm so sorry. You literally saved my entire career.
1: I would." Plus, I think also, I think he's like projecting his son a little bit. Yes, because his son had just yes.
0: died, and mm-hmm. he's drunk, and he's vulnerable, and he's like, "You, you." I don't know if you've ever been drunk and a friend saved you from doing something stupid, but it's that feeling. Uh, yes,
1: one time, I, I think I told you about the chick with the web feet.
2: <laughs> Wait, under the table?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was drunk and I almost did something really, really stupid, but my friend saved me. <laughs>
0: dude, that's what friends are for, and Mr. Gower was there to make sure that this dude did not screw up. And it just like I don't know what it is about that scene, but it just it is something about it. And so then eventually he gets older, and he's ready. He's done with high school, and that's when we get to the dance part. Plus,
1: uh, what, what what we're forgetting is one of the big things is that right now there's God and an angel doing yeah, the of whole like, narration up yes. up to up to this point. Yes, yes,
0: this movie is very Catholicish. You know, but more Catholic than Christian uh, in my. Mind. I don't know very-
1: Catholic. I think i just say like goddish, right? It, yeah, it's
0: very spiritual, goddish, Yes, you know, we have this like star that's supposed to represent angels, and they're out in space, and they're like, oh shit, there's this. They the movie kicks off with like they're hearing the prayers of of George Bailey's family.
1: Oh the oh my god yes yeah. again. I'm not religious. I'm an atheist, but me too. It, it still gets me. Me too. Yeah, Not everybody in the town in is fact, all like, in the beginning, is like, "Oh, please help George Bailey! Please help yes. George Bailey!" He said such as, "Oh, just please help him." Yeah,
0: and you know, and I don't know about you, Tim, but you know, I I enjoy the very pagan um, uh, traditions of Christmas. I I love them. Like, you know, they so. I think I think Christians have been like, "Oh, yeah, like we own this this holiday." No, you don't. You stole it from pagans. Most of it is very pagan. Like yeah. putting a fucking tree in your house is a very pagan thing.
1: Yeah, because you know how like, they hung Jesus on a tree? <laughs>
0: yes, exactly.
1: You right? know Why are you decorating your cross, motherfucker? Put a bunch of lights on your house?
0: That has nothing to do with Christianity. This is just us having a good time. This is a pagan mm-hmm. pro- fucking yeah. pagan holiday, baby. And it's, and it's not to say that I don't enjoy a little bit of some Christmas carols that have to do with baby Jesus. I can't help it. I love it, even though I'm not, <laughs> I'm
1: not a Christian. Oh, come on. You know what? He is a cute little mother. Yeah, he's cute. He's a little right, baby, you know. But
0: maybe that's his trick. Maybe. baby, but I still yeah. enjoy it very much and uh but yes, I have I am well known among my friends for very much being a lot nicer around this time. I I grew up, you know, I was lucky. I grew up just as a tangent. I grew up with my grandma Hedrera, which is my mom's side of the family. That's my my mom's mm-hmm. maiden name. And him I would go to my grandma's house my grandmother and she would have a well lit Christmas tree like incredibly well lit so many fucking gifts like uh, she would probably she would start she would start getting gifts in the summer
1: for oh, us like like the twenty seventh.
0: yes and she loved this holiday she would she I know this sounds like a cliche bullshit poor kid thing she lived in a 500-square-foot house. There's not a lot of space there, dude. And she would invite neighbors. And she would cook in this little tiny fucking stove. And I have no idea how she was able to cook so much food in this little fucking oven. <laughs> but Elves. Elves, I guess. And she would produce all this fucking ham and turkey and desserts. And she would invite the entire street. To come, like some of the, you know, we, I, obviously I grew up with a lot of families that were lower income, and they would come through, get food, and Tim, she would have gifts for a lot of the kids, knowing that they were going nice. to come by, and I would have gifts, and they weren't the best gifts. They weren't the fucking. I wasn't going to get a Super uh, at Nintendo. That point, it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't What's matter. It
1: fucking, yeah, you get something. Yeah, you're getting you're getting fed food, yeah. and when you don't have food, and you're getting something on top.
0: Of it. When you grow up as a blue collar kid you you just appreciate something. You appreciate something that mm-hmm, somebody yeah. got you because they were like, hey, this kid would love it. Unless us. it's socks. Yeah, no, she would never give me socks. My okay. my grandma actually loved us.
1: And <laughs> it was always a bunch that's of right, toys. If your grandmother gives you socks, she don't
0: love I'm you. not kidding, Tim. One time she just gave me fireworks. She was like, go blow shit up, kid. And wow. I was like, I fucking all love right. you, grandma, Holy so much. shit, cool. Yeah, she would give us, like, all fireworks. and she,
1: she's like, But this is
0: Texas, so. Yeah, yeah, you know, we, that's how we roll. We like shit that blows up, and it—it's it, just amazing. Like, so I grew up with that. With that, uh, Christmas is important to me. It's—I it, have a memories of Christmas that are very humble, and um, in the food and the celebration and everything is very important. So I think that's why movies like this mean so much to me because I'm like, holy shit! Like, I can kind of relate to it in a little bit even though it's like decades and decades before it's not even closely related to like the 80s where i grew up but it's still so much of like growing up in that humble beginning you don't have everything but you kind of have something you know and i don't know it meant a lot to me but as soon as clarence i think this involved, movie
1: i think the movie is just timeless it I is think no matter what as long as you see it in black and white, don't see the fucking color version of it. No. It is a timeless fucking movie that just. Like I said, I'm a 53 year old fucking atheist. I've pretty much been an <laughs> atheist like the second year of Catholic school, okay? <laughs> Once I started like putting shit together, I was like, wait a second, that doesn't add up. Yeah. That can't be right, whatever. And I've always been of the belief that as an atheist, I am probably. I have a better chance of if there is a God and getting into heaven. As an atheist, then all these people who fake fucking Christians and fake love Jesus and do all this shit and talk one way and do all the other shit. I think I have a better chance of getting into heaven if there is a guy with like, hey, you know what? All right, he doesn't believe in me, but he didn't do anything really fucked up. So he gets to go to heaven. <laughs> but this You're movie right. is just, it's just, I don't care who you are. If this movie doesn't get you a little bit choked up. You're dead inside.
0: It's just a garbage yeah. person. Just give it up. Because, you me. know, we see George and... He he ends up sacrificing, you know, being able to go to college and travel mm-hmm. to allow his brother Harry to go to college. He lets his brother go to college. He's like, you know, I'll take.
1: But his brother doesn't even get to finish college because he has a fucking war that George can't go to because he's got a bum fucking ear from, from saving, saving his, his brother. brother. Yeah, so. His, uh, he
0: tries to get involved in it. I think he does a, a something, but he doesn't actually fight in the war. But his brother does. He's a great air, you know, Air Force, basically. He air saves force.
1: like eighty four people yes. in a fucking it's, transport. He's a boat, fucking yes. war hero.
0: And and what makes me so heartfelt is that George is so proud of his brother Harry, even though he's, mm. you know, you know, I have an older brother and I've, I've seen my older brother be very proud of me, and so I can see that. Like, you can be very proud of one of your siblings. Like,
1: Hey, that little jerk-off that I knew when I was a kid. He, he, did, something. he did something. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like very, something like that.
0: <laughs> he used to scratch his own butthole and smell his fingers, but, you know, he did something. <laughs> and smell the wrong finger, too. <laughs> yeah, he was really into the garbage mill kids, but he actually did something with this. But yes, so you know, you know, fucking Harry is a fucking war hero, and George is stuck in fucking. It's almost, it almost seems like it. What is that Jim Carrey movie where he's like in a bubble? What is that fucking movie? Um, was it Hair? Truman Show.
1: Truman Show. Now I'm just thinking we need to have a remake of Boy in the Plastic Bubble, but instead of John Travolta, we need uh, Jim Carrey (laughs) in it. just like pressing his face up against the bubble and making all these funny like f- smush faces. Because
0: it's true though. Because fucking Jimmy Stewart as George Bailey feels like he is stuck in in Bedford Falls.
1: It is like the, there are forces working against yes. him to keep him in <laughs> this town. <laughs> fucking yes. demonic.
0: Because this guy is meant to see the well, world. Is it
1: demonic forces or are they angelic for- forces.
0: Yeah, angelic yes, forces. Eh? It must be because he was meant to experience all this to eventually become. I, I guess what the movie's trying to tell us is he was meant to experience all this because he would become a better man later. But man, he this guy was ready to go. Like just super, just determined. But eventually, he falls in love with Mary after the whole fucking high school thing. They end up getting...
1: As much as he doesn't, he want, doesn't to,
0: want to. He doesn't want to. That's
1: the other thing, too, is he is fighting it. He, he, it's one of those things, I think that, uh, like I said, even after she whispers in his ear when he's a kid, uh, George Bailey, this is the year that you can't hear and I'll love you till the day I die. Yeah. There is a certain point where they see each other and that's it, they just know. But he knows that if he marries her, he can't be the great explorer of Africa. He can't go yes. to all these South American countries and fucking discover mountains and cliffs and all these caves and all that other shit that's in the National Geographic magazine that he reads.
0: Exactly. Exactly. He knows she's someone that's down to earth. She's st- she's one with Bedford, with Bedford Falls. She's gonna be there forever and ever and be like.
1: Well, just also, I think Daniel is the time.
0: Yes, it was is that you just the way wouldn't was. even
1: think about taking your wife with you when you went to Africa or do anything like that, yeah. right? She just has to stay home. Technically, George so-
0: Bailey's entire mentality of how he wants to live his life was unconventional. Like you did not. Especially if you grew up in a small town like, you know, we may have grown up in the city, but, you know, for a lot of people that grew up in small towns, that was it, baby. You were going to, like, fucking run the whatever ranch or whatever business your dad owned. You were going to own that business as well, and that was your fucking life, and that's the way it was. And George Bailey was like, no, that's not what my life is supposed to be. I want to go, and I want to experience the rest of the world. It was something very unusual. He
1: wants a great big one. Yes,
0: he was. Honestly, I would imagine people that were even watching this movie, and honestly, it makes sense. The fact that this movie wasn't a big hit in the beginning, I think a lot of yes, people didn't that's understand right. it, a failure. it. Yeah, they were like, yeah. "What the fuck is wrong with him? Why did he just enjoy life at, you know, at Bedford Falls and and just enjoy it?" But now it makes more sense. I mean. Growing up where I grew up, I wanted to see more. All I saw was a bunch of fucking Mexicans, and I wanted to experience, like, this is great. I love the food. I love the music. But, hey, I I know there's more out there, and I think George Bailey felt the same way. And it's weird when everybody else is against you and wants to just keep you stuck there.
1: Plus, also, I think at that time, that was the last great time for, like, exploring, right? It was,
0: yes. Like, people, I mean, Africa and, like, honestly, you know, National Geographic, what they were covering in Africa was, yeah. that was new shit. Like, nobody knew it. It
1: wasn't just titties hanging no, around, No, that was, right? like,
0: new discovery shit. That was, like, we're we're talking about some real fucking yeah. new discovery I mean, stuff. Because
1: now, I mean, unless you go into fucking outer space or 8,000 fucking miles underneath the ocean where the fuck is there to go where you're like hey you know i'm going to have something named after me.
0: exactly when
1: he was growing up back then he could have had a fucking mountain named and he could mountain have name after him
0: he could have yeah and, and he was obviously an explorer by heart and was stuck in bedford fall in bedford falls and once he got married i love the part where um they get married and it's really funny. I, I do love the uh, fact that Mary I – I love the fact that Mary's, <laughs> Mary's mom starts crying when she sees them making out because she was like, oh, you could have been with that rich guy, but you decided yeah. to fall in love with this fucking asshole. <laughs> but uh, – and she also – like the fact that Mary breaks the record because she's so pissed off at, at George. And, it's so good. But they get married eventually, and he's like, they're ready to go on a honeymoon and at least do mm-hmm. something for once where they're going to leave Bedford yep. Falls.
1: but They saved up all their pennies. Yes, they
0: saved all their pennies, and they got donations from probably some family. oh Daniel, you need to take a piss. So All right, and so we're going to go ahead and uh, uh, check out this podcast uh, promo.
1: <laughs> 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 we'll be right back. What a lead-in. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the Ugly Radio on the Pod Moth Network, a lo fi sci fi audio theater anthology series made for late nights and strong drinks. Join us monthly as we broadcast a pirate signal across time and space. Featuring stories, songs, and frequencies from a rotating list of voice actors, writers, storytellers, and musicians. If you're looking for high-quality science fiction, skin-crawling horror, and other genre fiction, listen to The Ugly Radio on the Pod Moth Network, now available wherever you get your podcasts. The Ugly Radio. See you in the void. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed that promotion of that podcast that I put up there.
1: I'm going to listen to that podcast right now. Stop listening to this podcast and listen to that podcast. It's probably
0: about ghosts and stuff, paranormal shit. Hope you enjoy it. Um, When's Wilford going to be on that podcast? Oh, they would never let Wilford on. (laughs) Only the bloody bits and the grind bit lets Wilford on. Um, Yes, dude. So, basically... He's stuck there. They get, they get married, married. They're in the they're taxi.
1: they're just ready to go on their fucking big honeymoon. They're in the taxi driven by their friend. Because everybody knows everybody Ernie. in this town. I think it's right? Ernie, yeah.
0: right? That, uh, is yeah, Ernie. Yeah. The ta- by the way, hilarious. that Whatever <laughs> that actor is. Fucking love him. And they see that there's this huge crowd in front of the fucking billing and loan. And uh, they see that there's... Basically, this is around the time in the '30s where there's a, the fucking depression's coming through. Mm-hmm. Yep, and people are wanting to take their money out of the fucking building and loan, and get and because they're like, "Well, fuck, we're gonna lose it because everything that's going on," and they, they're just trying to get what they can. So they stop. They use all the fucking money for the honeymoon to help all the people at the building get loan.
1: Well, you're skipping over it, Daniel, because what happens is, it's like at the at the moment when it's the lowest, because everybody wants to take all their money that they have out of the bank all of at the it, same yes. time. And there's just no way that, it's it, it, It's impossible. There's no bank has that much money. Though. Every fucking person who has an account goes and goes, give me everything right now. And at the last moment, when it's at its worst, that's when Donna Reed comes in and says, "Is this enough money?" and she holds up the $5,000 that they saved up to go around the fucking world on their vacation. The last chance that he has of getting out of this town and going somewhere.
0: They give everybody just a few dollars. I love that one lady that like asked, "I need a yeah,
1: dollar She's like, "I just need enough for
0: bread and Campbell's soup."
1: Yes. Dude, talk about a different time, dude. I just spent like yeah, Campbell's soup was like eight cans for a penny. I just spent eighty,
0: um, no joke. I just spent eighty five dollars on a couple of Manhattan's and two beers and a burger. What? Eighty.
1: 80- when you say a couple, you mean like two? Two
0: Manhattan's
1: and two beers
0: and and a very fancy burger.
1: Oh well, you didn't mention
0: the burger. So yes, I had a burger and some and some tater tots. It's a very nice. It's a, it's it's a beautiful bar in uh, in the in downtown. It was the
1: tater tots that got you. It's the
0: tater tots that got me. I love the people that work there. I'm one of those that uh, just like to spend money because fuck it. <laughs> I just, I'm by myself and
1: I I look at it this way. It helps the economy, right?
0: Yeah, technically, it's a it's a small restaurant. It's not a chain and. I spent a lot of money, but anyway, enough from that. Enough from my spending issues. We, we get after
1: that. Damn man, I hope you join my Patreon, right? The bloody bits. Uh, I am, doc, uh, yes. www.patreon.com forward slash bloody bits.
0: I am part of the Patreon <laughs> okay. for the bloody bits, and and also the grind bend, and also uh Djibouti Djibouti uh, the Djibouti show. I don't know if you ever heard of the Djibouti show, but those are the three. Those are the three. Uh, I like the sound of it. You might like it. It's a good time. So you give all the money, George gets stuck there, and then I think at that very same time, isn't that where he realizes where um basically Mr. Potter's gonna take over, but the board of the building and loan says they won't let him take over if George uh-huh. decides he can be CEO. Or yes. yes. The
1: one thing that's going to stop the board from giving everything to Mr. Potter is if George Bailey stays on in place of his father, who's already had a heart attack and died at this point.
0: He's already passed. given his
1: life to the savings alone.
0: Yes. Gave his whole entire life to that. By the way, the guy that plays the father is amazing. Like Everybody. I, Jesus. Everybody in this movie just fucking knocks it out the park. It's amazing. Um and so and we get that little we get our first close up of of James Stewart, uh Jimmy Stewart. The first close up of he's like oh, oh
1: shit <laughs> I'm, stuck in, I'm stuck in a web of fucking yep. building and loan shit. Just and, like what, the third time I try to get out of this fucking yes. town and like, <laughs> every time I think I'm out they pull me back in. Yes.
0: <laughs> and he says yes, because that's how much he hates Mr. Potter and how much he loves his dad. And he decides to go ahead and run the building alone, and then we move into the future. He's gotten some kids with Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has what three kids or four kids? At this point, four yeah, kids.
1: They did a lot of fucking.
0: They did a lot of fucking because they have they have the oldest boy, who kind of looks like a girl, but he's a boy. And then they got a girl just underneath him, and then they have a um, an, um, another girl who Juzu, and then they have Azuzu, a little boy. Yes. Is, wait,
1: boy. is she the fucking devil from Exorcist? But <laughs> No, she's not Pazuzu. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she later she later goes off to hot. That's how you beat the devil with those little pe- petals of flowers. Yeah,
0: you just had to give her Zuzu, Pazuzu's petals.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, there should have been a sequel. To the is called, the exorcist's too, Pazuzu's Petals.
1: <laughs> but yes. Every time a bell rings, somebody goes to hell. <laughs> a demon gets his wings. <laughs> so,
0: fucking George Bailey, we see him and Mary... Contributing to the community. It's a very socialist, democratic socialist yes. movie. It, it, it shows yeah, you that getting, you can—
1: they're buying it, they're buying it. What, the, what he's doing is he's giving the ability to everybody who's usually renting from Mr. Potter. Yes. You can come to us, our Sammy's alone, and, and we will give you money to buy your house— that you're going to own yourself when you pay us back with a modest, you know, little, what, what are they charging? Like maybe 2% fucking interest? You get just enough feeling, to make right? it buy. Yeah, yeah. Just enough for all, like enough all, all of us, us to survive. Just enough to keep going. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Mr. Potter obviously doesn't like that. Because
0: he wants to make mad money. Like this yeah. guy is looking to, he, Mr. Potter wants to own a rent center yeah, like oh, yeah,
1: that's what you always tell my 360, and you end up paying $3,000 for it when you return it. Yeah,
0: I used to tell so many of my homies back in the day, back in the early 2000s. I'm like, you cannot get shit from Rena Center, bro, because they will you will pay double the amount. I understand the numbers, you do not even get to keep it. Yeah, and and they can take it away from you yeah. if you don't pay it. Like they can just take it whenever you want. My friend worked at Rennus Center, and he actually had quite a job there. Like I think he worked there for like four or five years. This homie, I'm not kidding, dude. I asked him one day. I asked him, "What was the worst experience you had at Rennus Center?" Because y'all y'all probably have Rennus Centers out there, right? In in New York City. Yeah, yeah. So yep, yep, yep. I asked him, "What was your worst experience?" He goes, "Well, well one, I
1: we take a grandpa's fucking pacemaker back."
0: <laughs> no, not that bad. But he's like, one time we had to go into a house, a bunch of kids watching, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, and like four or five kids. And, and there's too many kids uh, and for they
1: that. pulled the plug on Bugs Bunny. They pulled the plug on
0: Bugs Bunny and took the TV. <laughs> And he said, dude, it was hardcore. Like, No, 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 you know what?
1: I blame the parents because the parents know that rent a set is coming at 8 o'clock in the morning to take the TV back, right? Yeah. So they put those kids in front of that TV and put fucking Bugs Bunny on to make that Rent-A-Center guy feel like a bad sh- motherfucker. Yep. But Yeah, I mean, dude. You know, you know. Man, you don't... A, what a fucking scam that shit is.
0: Dude, no kidding. Christ. That's what I tell my friend. That like, fucking reverse mortgages, The worst, dude. Just fucking rip-offs. And that's basically Mr. Potter in this movie. And George yeah. Bailey's trying to be basically helping himself and helping others without just, just enough. Like, let's all both get by.
1: Yo, the house that George <laughs> Bailey lives in... It's garbage. Have a fucking, yeah, the fucking staircase <laughs> post comes off every time he goes up and down the stairs, okay? That's the kind of house that he's living in. He's not living all high on the hog like <laughs> Mr. Potter. No.
0: By the way, I love the scene where... They get married and <laughs> it's their honeymoon. It's their honeymoon because they gave all their money the the building. Oh, uh, they put the posts
1: up in the window.
0: And Ernie and um the fucking cop. I can't remember his Bert. name. I'm gonna say Bert. Bert. Yeah, his name is Bert. Bert. So wait, and Ernie. is this where
1: Bert and Ernie came from? Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it
0: Holy may have because this is 1940 something. So uh, yeah, the Muppets were not invented by then. But yeah, Bert and Ernie. They're there and they're like, <laughs> they're singing like a little song outside the fucking house. <laughs>
1: like, hey, you know what? Go, we're gonna fuck now, okay? It's, it's so good.
0: The, and the house is garbage. There's like rain coming through. They put a bunch of posters of Hawaii and different islands and stuff, and mm-hmm. like, and they're singing.
1: And this is the house that when they first went, when they got finished with the date at the den, at the pool. Where yes, they both it's made the a initial wish, pull. And yes. she made the wish that the one day the, they would get married and live in this house.
0: And she says, and, and George says, oh, like, God you know, God, I'll grab the moon, moon for you. You know, I'll get the moon for you. They lasso the moon. The moon. Yeah. George
1: Bailey lassos the moon.
0: And she jumps. In, that's when he finds out about his dad dying and you know, all that. Yeah, she yeah. jumps in the bushes and everything. And he's like, I got to go,
1: Mary. Sorry
0: that you're naked yeah, in the that's bush. That's
1: a naked Donnery too. Yeah, yeah.
0: sorry. <laughs> That I left you naked in a. Here's your robe, bitch. I gotta go. My dad's dying. Which, by the way, I would have done the same thing. I'm sorry, Ho. I don't know you that well, but my dad's dying. I I, I gotta go. I kept
1: the robe just in case.
0: (laughs) And there's that old man that's like. Why don't you kiss her instead
1: of- <laughs> 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 I <laughs> actually had somebody do that to me at one point. <laughs> Yo, bro, just kiss her already. Come on.
0: Oh, you had someone do that to you? Yeah. I had never had that before. <laughs>
1: You know, is at the end of the date is one of those awkward, awkward. things. Yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, I never know what to happen. do, dude. Dude, I've done kisses on the cheek because I just didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you don't kiss the hand, you're okay. Oh no, 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 no. I'll kiss a
0: cheek or or I, if they come in, like they give me a look, oh, and I'm I'll like, okay, we're gonna kiss. I'm gonna kiss multiple cheeks. Yes, but yeah. that it is. It is very awkward, especially when you're young, when you're oh, 18, yeah, 19 course, years old. Yeah. Holy crap, man. And that guy's like, Why don't you kiss her instead of talking her to death? He's like and then George May is like Fuck you, old man <laughs>
1: It's so good, dude. This movie's so funny. Also, doesn't the old man say something like about how youth is wasted on the young? Yes,
0: he does say that. He's like, ah,
1: youth is wasted on the young. (laughs) George Bailey is like... It's so true. It is true. All you young motherfuckers right now, you 18-year-olds, you you listen to this podcast about mustache movies. (laughs) (laughs) You dumb fucks, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, live your life, man. Come on, stop listening to this podcast, just kiss her. Kiss him. Kiss them. This, Whatever.
0: This episode is already almost fucking – it's over an hour long. What are you doing wasting your time listening to a bunch of two old fucks talking about fucking It's a Wonderful Life? But anyway, you know, it is amazing. I love the fact that that whole shit happens. And then eventually they – they. so that's what happens when they before they get married. And they eventually get married. They have kids, and he starts falling apart. Like we, we, but but before before he falls apart, they're doing good. They're they're yeah. they're creating a no, community. I think uncle Billy
1: is the one who fucks everything up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Billy, his uncle Billy, is kind of you know, he's that uncle. He's the one that shouldn't have done much. It. He's me. <laughs>
1: Let's face it, all right? That's why I like this movie, because I'm Billy. <laughs> you are not Billy. You
0: are not Billy. <laughs> and Billy is just sort of uh kind of just goes by his own tune. He's very funny. He's honestly he one of the animals. funniest. Dude, he is one of the funniest characters in the movie. There's like a part where I'm trying to th- – I think it's before George meets – You know, before George falls in love with Mary where they're having a big party, and, <laughs> and Uncle Billy's drunk as fuck, and he's like – uh, and he starts heading out down the sidewalk, and George goes, no, you need to go that way. <laughs> he, like, turns him completely a different direction. <laughs> He's like, hey, 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 He's just, like, singing, like, some song and shit. I love Uncle Billy. But, unfortunately, he sucks as a businessman. And at this point, they own the billing and loan. He's very essential to the business. He's supposed to bring a big old chunk of money over to the bank.
2: <sighs> oh,
0: boy. Which, unfortunately, Mr. Potter owns and he fucking confuses it, and he puts the money in the envelope of money in between a fucking newspaper, which somehow ends up in Mister Potter's fucking hand. Well,
1: yeah, because I think well see what it is. Is Mister Potter tries to bust his chops, right? Yeah, fucks him, fucks And him. Uncle Billy's like, Hey you know what, Dad? But you think your you you think your shit don't stink? Fuck you! Look how good George Bailey is doing. He's a thumb in your eye. You think you're gonna have control over this town completely? As long as George Bailey's around, that's never gonna happen. Yep. And he ends up. Up, like I think, like giving him the newspaper that he wrapped the money in. Yep, right?
0: Yeah, because at this point, fucking George <clears throat> Bailey was doing really. I mean, he was honestly making. He's the fucking. He's
1: he's doing good, he's right? Doing he good. got he got Mrs. Santini a fucking house. The the Italian the, the guy, b- which Italian guys. At that time, Italians are uh, okay. I, I, yes,
0: I, I, I can. I'll say this. I'll say this for you. I'm Italians were Italian, basically so, the yes. um. Oof. <laughs> The people of color of whites.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's right. They were the uh, before the uh, the people of color came here. They were like how the Irish were. Yeah, they treated them like no. First is the people of color, and then it was the Irish, then it was the Italians. Yes, who were treated this way.
0: And the Irish were given a lot uh, of shit.
1: So yes, back then, for Mrs. Santini to even have a bar was, was a important. Big thing. Yeah, that was a but big deal. But I think deal. the bar is kind of like on the offskirts of town, the it way it is. kind of looks, the like geography looks in this town. So, for him to get a go to be able to go to a place and get a loan and to own his own house was probably a very big deal.
0: And I feel like the movie knows this. Like the movie is doing this on purpose. Yeah. Like I think when they wrote this and uh Frank Capra put all this together, they knew like it was a big deal for some, you know, he has an Italian – this motherfucker sounds like Super Mario. Like, he has an Italian oh, yeah. accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not trying to – like, he, this guy's a fucking Italian as hell. He owns a bar. It's a big deal. That's
1: why – And he has a white guy working for him he too. He has a
0: white guy working for him, yes. And, it's a, and, and he's very loyal to George Bailey because George Bailey was able to give him a nice house in a suburban town or a suburban uh, neighborhood that he's helped construct and everything. Um. Thanks to the billing and loan, so it's it's mm-hmm. crazy that he's been able to make this impression on the city and uh, or the town, and everyone's very appreciative of him, and everything's going great.
1: But he doesn't realize it yet.
0: He doesn't realize it yet. Yeah. No. In his opinion, in, in his mindset, George Bailey's like
1: he's stuck. He's just middling. Yes, I, he's just waiting, wa- uh, waiting water.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's just sort of like I'm just going in circles. I'm just doing what my dad did. I'm just doing my best to represent my father because I love him, but really, I want to explore and stuff. But it all blows up in his face once fucking Uncle Billy loses the money, and Mr. Potter's like, holy shit, I have a fucking upper hand on this motherfucker. I'm not going to let him know that I have this money, which was very essential for him to keep the business going. So then once George Bailey realizes the money's gone, he... Tells uncle, uh, he tells his uncle to like go and find it, Uncle, um, uh, Billy to go and find the money and he can't find it. And so he, there's that scene that's so intense with, with oh, Jimmy Stewart. Oh
1: man, when he lets loose on him. Yeah. Oh my
0: God. When he fucking, I, I'd never done that to one of my uncles, but I wish I could have. I, I just wasn't old enough because my, my uncles on my mom's side were like, they were rough and tumble, you know. And they
1: beat the shit out of you. Yeah, they they're were uncle Billy. tough
0: motherfuckers and they yeah. they fucked up a lot too. Like they're just were rough, you know, they just grew up in a rough uh, way. And and when he grabs his own uncle and he just grabs him by his collars, he's like, Where the fuck is the buddy, <laughs> Uncle
1: Billy? You stupid he's like, You stupid he insults old insults him, yes, you crazy old man. It's intense. Yeah, that's dude. it's it, for everything because it's like completely different than everything we've ever seen of him in this movie, right? Yeah, we, he just completely like all his frustration, all because he's like how old in this at this point, like thirty years he's old, in his, maybe. Yeah,
0: he's in his mid late thirties. Yeah, for okay. sure.
1: So he just lets all the frustration of just being stuck in this town. That he doesn't want to be stuck into, but just like I said, everything is just conspiring to keep him there.
0: So then But
1: he thinks to conspire and they keep him there for bad reasons, but oh well Yeah. Let's find out what happens at the end of this movie. No, no spoilers yet. <laughs> you have to listen all you eighteen year olds who listen to this podcast who aren't living your life, you're gonna have to wait until the end of this podcast to find out what happens.
0: Which is nobody. I think I think I think oh, my audience is forty and up. But yeah, so at this point, they freak the fuck out. We have the examiner or the fucking basically a guy that's coming in to make sure that the business is going right to come through. Well,
1: you no, know, I think Potter calls him in because he realizes he now that fucked. he has the money yeah. and that George doesn't have the money to cover if like all the people want to take money out of the bank or whatever they're supposed to have. So Potter makes trouble for him.
0: Yeah, he does. He calls the bank examiner to come and George is freaking the fuck out. And he's like, just hold on. Let me figure this out. At some point, eventually, George is just like, I don't know what else to do. I can't find the money. Mm-hmm. I can't save this company. I can't help my family. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of fucking Bedford Falls. I'm going to call it a day. And he decides to go to a bridge and fucking commit suicide. No, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Hold on. You're skipping over. Dan. Wait, wait, oh, wait. wait. What did you, I miss? Only an hour and 20 minutes into this. This isn't <laughs> that bad for a Yobo podcast, okay, and for this movie. He goes to Potter first.
0: Oh, yeah. There is a the part where he does... Yes, that is the big... That is a big... You're right.
1: And for me, I think one of the most incredible parts of this movie is when he tells Potter that he lost the money instead of Uncle Billy.
0: Yeah, he owns it. Yeah.
1: Yes, and uh, I think Mike from The Grind Bend said that one of the greatest things that happens in a movie is when the audience knows something to be true and the other people don't know. And... Potter knows that it was Uncle Billy who lost the money. Yeah. And he, because he, you know that Potter would be the first person to throw his uncle under the bus. Yeah. In a situation like that. But even Mr. Potter is kind of impressed and taken back a little bit that Jimmy Stewart is going to say that he is the one who lost the money instead of blaming his stupid, old, alcoholic doddering fucking uncle
0: and i think it makes sense like uh, if i owned my own business and i decide to hire my drunk uncle who has you know he's got a little bit of issues me you know he's on 100 percent
1: screams pussy every once in a while Uh, in the middle of the bank She's
0: pussy in the middle of the bank i would be like i love that man that is my family there's a loyalty there I I am in charge of this company, and everything mm-hmm. that everyone does that fucks up is part of me. So uh, yeah, that is a sense of ownership. And you
1: can talk shit to your family all you want, but somebody else does it. No, you
0: got to take ownership of it. Yeah, yeah, that's your company, and yeah, that is a, a sense of altruism, a sense of loyalty to his own family, to not throw his own uncle under the bus, even though it would be very easy because everybody knows Uncle Billy obviously mm-hmm. has issues and he owned up to it and yes i love potter's fucking um uh what is the word it's just it's just this confidence this fucking uh jesus like, well he knows it. he, has he knows yes there's
1: nothing that he can do yeah and that's why he gives gravitas like, yeah word. what do you have what do you have to offer me that to save you and it's like well i have my life insurance policy it's like you're worth more dead than you are alive. Yes. Why would I even take this?
0: And that is the turning point for George where he's like, as much as I hate this son of a bitch who's fucking selfish, greed, just the complete opposite of everything I represent, he has a point. I could technically help my entire family better if I Mm -hmm. were dead. Uh, They would get more money than the money that I have Plus, that's
1: also a fucked up situation to put yourself into where you're literally at the point in your life where you think that the best thing to happen to your family would be for you to be dead?
0: It's super sad. Yes, yeah. It's it's the it's rock bottom for for him. And
1: oh yeah, he's definitely at this point. He's rock bottom. Yeah. I mean, it... well, no, no, he's no, 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 yeah, because he hasn't gotten kicked out of the bar yet. Yeah, yeah
0: almost, almost. And he, yeah, well, c- well, because no, he hasn't gotten kicked out of the bar yet because he goes, yeah, and he, um, he goes to the bridge. Decides to take a dive in the water. Clarence saves him. There's this honestly one of the most comedic scenes in the entire movie where, you know, Clarence goes and saves him. Clarence is uh
1: Well, Clarence saves him by jumping in first.
0: Played by Henry Travers, who was yeah. uh very well my my dad seemed to know him from some things. <laughs>
1: I, haven't uh, I haven't seen him. He's in one much. of those guys I kinda recognize a little bit because I watch a lot of old movies, but I don't know if he's like ever really, really famous, famous but i just i again i just love the whole thing with his he's george is ready to kill himself by jumping in the water but how does he stop how does he stop is, and, clarence, is jumps clarence jumps in the water in and he tries to save him <laughs> yes okay he he switches even his even when brain. he's ready to kill himself he can't still is it. like no i have to i have to stop i can't kill myself right now i have to save this person i'll kill myself later on it's
0: crazy <laughs>
1: kill myself later on
0: I'll take a rain check on the suicide. Yeah. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, I got the
1: rest of my life to do that shit, so there's no rush. But
0: this guy, he seems like he needs my help. So he helps Clarence get out of the water. And honestly, this movie does a great job of making water seem super cold because everything oh, seems yeah. so cold. Oh, yeah, cold. when they're
1: in that fucking cabin, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's so snow and shit everywhere, and for a kid from the south, like – That hasn't had a lot of snow everywhere. I'm like, Jesus, it must be cold as shit in that fucking river. So he pulls him out. They go into that, like, little. It's like some guy's. Like a watchman's fucking cabin? Yeah, like a little watchman's cabin. And there's that guy that's there. And Clarence is talking all this stuff. He's like, Oh, I jumped in to save you, George. And
1: the watchman's like, but well, what the fuck? That, but but he has like the fucking underwear on from like yeah. somebody like a hundred years ago too. Which like even when this movie was made, those fucking underwear—the underwear that he's wearing—is fucking it's old. old is, shit. It's like a nightcap. It's got like a fucking like a fucking ass flap or something like that. Yeah, is there... which by the way, those are sexy underwear on women. They are sexy underwear on women. Those things with like the ass flap—I like that.
0: We need to bring those back, baby. You know? Yeah,
1: sure. Guess what my wife is getting for Christmas. And,
0: uh, yeah, dude, I want to be able to keep a woman warm, uh, and, uh...
1: But she has to go to the bathroom sometimes, Yeah,
0: let's put a little window in there. Mm. Oh, it's an ass window. I like that. Yeah, a little ass window, dude. And I love the fact that I think at some... So, at this point, Clarence doesn't know what he's going to do with George Bailey. He doesn't know. He just knows he wanted to keep him from committing suicide, which he was successful in. So, they're in there... And at some point, George Bailey says, I, "I suppose it would be better if I was never even born." And mm-hmm. that's when all of a sudden Clarence is like, "Oh, you know what? Wait a minute. That might be an idea. That might work. Yeah. Bingo! I'm gonna make it so that way you've never been born, and you're gonna just you're gonna see what happens." And all of a sudden, like the fucking door opens and like a big old wind comes through, and he goes, <laughs> "He's
1: like, we didn't have to be that loud even, about uh, it." No, no. But it, also, here's what's crazy about it, and here's a little touch of the movie. It stops snowing.
0: Yes, it stops snowing out of nowhere. Yes, it's like all of a sudden, once he makes a decision, the entire universe changes just because yeah. George Bailey wasn't born, which is crazy. The weather
1: changes, like what the fuck? It's a fucking sound of thunder.
0: It is. It's very. You change one thing, and everything is is different. Yeah. A
1: butterfly flaps its wings in Africa, and George Bailey isn't born. <laughs> George Bailey is really important, apparently. (laughs) Fucking shit. All of a sudden, his dad's like, hey, I want to fuck you. He's like, ooh, I just got to chill. Nah, fuck.
0: (laughs) So George is freaking the fuck out. He's not bleeding anymore. The fucking guy that was in the cabin freaks the fuck out. He leaves, which is so funny. I love that scene. I can't really do it justice, but it's hilarious. And they go over to Mr. Martini's place and his bar, but it's not—it's no longer called Martini's. It's named after the guy that uh, the his secondhand guy. I forget his name, but he's like a fucking Italian motherfucker. And they go in there, and it's one of the funniest scenes in the movie because uh George Bailey is like orders a whiskey or whatever. It's just a straight. A straight drink. Well, now, well, no, also drink. the
1: other thing too is Daniel is it, now it's a different type of bar. It's yeah, it's a whole different thing. It's a speakeasy, yeah. Let's say right.
0: It's it, there's women dancing and a piano bar, yeah. and it's not so much a classy place anymore. It's a fucking yeah. let's get drunk and get the fuck out of here. And...
1: Nobody's wearing a tuxedo to this place. No yeah. fuck no.
0: It's 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 hardcore, and I love the fact that at some point that's when we get our first little bit of. Clarence saying that every time a bell rings an angel gets its wings because (laughs) the register keeps fucking dinging every time Hey
1: look at me I'm making angels (laughs) Hey look at me I'm giving (laughs) out
0: wings baby (laughs) It's so good because Mr. Gower comes in and because because George oh, wasn't there. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah because That's George right,
1: cause George has never been born. So guess what happened? Yeah,
0: Mr. Gower poisoned. Nobody stopped
1: to death. that kid from getting the poison.
0: So a guy, uh, somebody died because he gave that poison to that person. Mr. Gower was basically outlawed, uh, and he became a fucking basically a homeless person. Comes to the bar and fucking martini, just fucking. Sp- Fucking shoot some soda water Seltzer water Seltzer water right in his face like an asshole And George right Obviously right away like tries to like Hey Mr. Gower like I've known you since I was a child.
1: Like, what uh, are you okay? And he's like, I don't fucking know. Uh, yo, you. hey, uh, you know this guy? Uh, you got to be guilty by association, right? Exactly. And he's like, you know what?
0: Both these motherfuckers have been acting weird as shit. Clarence, like, ordered, like, some fucking drink that doesn't exist. <laughs> a hot know. toddy <laughs> or some shit like it's that? Some pussy drink. <laughs> some Californian drink. I don't know. <laughs> and. Uh, Right away, they kick him the fuck out. He's like, "Fuck you!" And that's when the martini's like, "Hey, I'm giving out wings, baby." <laughs>
1: <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I love that shit, dude. But that, this is the first feeling. Now, of like, Wait, I have a question. Does that technically still work? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Every time a bell rings and Angel gets his wings, is that like? Does it have to be like? You know, wholesome or sarcastic still counts. I think as God's got to be wholesome.
0: It's got to be altruistic. Right. It's got to be an altruistic
1: ring. So maybe that guy's giving devils his wings.
0: Yeah, dude, right he's now. giving a bunch of demons like fucking bat wings, dude.
1: But got to balance out the universe.
0: And one thing, like you know, growing up, and I'm sure you grew up the same. You know, very similar. I grew up watching a lot of Twilight Zone at a very young age, and this is where oh, this yeah. movie becomes Twilight Zone. It, it gets creepy as yep. fuck.
2: Because
0: mm-hmm. right after this. You know, Clarence tells him, like, you don't understand. You You know, they go and they visit the – well, because he freaks out. They get kicked out. He's like, I don't know what's going on. You know, I want to go see my brother. And Clarence tells him, your brother's dead.
1: Yeah, your brother's dead. And guess what? All those men that he saved in the war, they
0: all died too. too. Yeah,
1: And that's the part that got me the most when I was watching. Well, not maybe the most, but, like, as I kept watching it as I got older and older because there's so many different layers on this movie. It's like, wait a second. So now there's like eighty four people's who family they're all fucking dead, yeah. Because well, not they're dead, but somebody that they fucking loved in the war ended up dead instead of coming home because George Bailey wasn't fucking born.
0: Yeah, I mean that's one of the amazing things when when you look into your family history and shit. Like if one of them decided to do some stupid shit and die, you would not exist.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's life is a game of inches because it's literally like if you, you think about it, Daniel, if somebody wakes up like you've been in a couple car accidents, right? In your life.
0: Yeah, I, I don't advertise it, but yes,
1: I have been, okay, well, I have, I have been in say. some car accidents. Yeah. Just think about it, if you woke up five <laughs> minutes later or five minutes earlier that day, it wouldn't have happened.
0: True. Yeah. No, that's very true. I think, you know, I think life has a way and honestly, you know. Uh, two of the car accidents I've been in were definitely my fault, but I have had some. I have had one where it was definitely Driving not my fault.
1: Domino's, Can't wait for I delivery. Yeah, you gotta go care to pick I up. Gotta get
0: the pizza when it's warm. And <laughs> I was going a little too. Gotta hard. eat it in the
1: parking lot.
0: Going a little too hard, and I got sideswiped and fucking fucked up my car. Uh, convertible sub, 2008, V6 uh, uh, turbo. <laughs> But anyway, it was a fantastic <laughs> car. it was a Swedish vehicle. I know y'all may not
1: that's why you're still here yes, yes it's, I'm still it, here. It wasn't an american made car that folded like a 10 can. Yes it protected like me. a domino's box.
0: I survived but yes, for sure little things, little decisions have so much of an effect yeah. over what what our existence It's currently. really
1: when you think about it, it's really really incredible like how many different things like if I went to a, if I went to a certain place 10 minutes before. Three days before I met my wife, I would never, would never have met her maybe, right?
0: Yeah. You just never know, man. And that has a lot to do with this movie because basically that's what he realized. That's what try. That's what Clarence is trying to tell him. They go and they, yes. see, they see his brother's grave, and he sees his brother's grave that he died back when he saved him initially in the water, but yeah, he wasn't there. Kid, yeah. He was never there to save him. And and Harry died, and he was never there to save anyone in the war because he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And we get this fucking close up of Jimmy Stewart's face. It's just fucking so deeply. It's starting to dawn on him. Yes. yes, he's like, oh, like, he's like freaking the fuck out. Like he's realizing, holy shit, like this might be a legit thing. I'm not just going crazy. This is something that's actually happening. Then that's when he goes at Clarence and he's like, "Where is Mary? I want to see Mary."
1: No, wait, doesn't he go to his mother's house? No, no, Mary's the last one. He goes to his mother's house. Oh yeah,
0: he goes to his mother's house and his mother's like, "You know, fuck. Who are you? Who the fuck are what you?" Do you want? He says he mentions his uncle Billy and he's like, "Uncle Billy, you went know to that an guy? asylum.
1: You must be yeah, you must be crazy too, because he's been in asylum for the last thirty years since he since." What? Ha- Why, was the- Why was Billy put in the asylum? He, like,
0: jerked off in the town hall meeting or
1: something. I, I can could, could, yeah, believe it. <laughs> it, yeah. was like- <laughs> it was something like... I can believe that. But, like,
0: at some point... Because, obviously, Billy was, like, the special person. That, like, you just put yeah. up with because he's like, oh, that's my brother. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna make sure he's okay.
1: He's the guy that's, like, happy that he belongs to a big family because otherwise he'd be homeless. Yes,
0: yes. He came from some sort of slight privilege so that way they could at least mm-hmm. protect him. But, unfortunately, he was dumb as shit, and so he eventually ended up in a mental asylum. I think it was something like after he lost his wife or something. I don't even remember, or divorced, or I don't know. But yes, he ends up in a in a in an asylum, and she's like, "I don't know who you are," blah blah blah, which I I would imagine is fucking traumatizing as shit. Could you imagine seeing your mom and she's just all of a sudden yeah. is pretending like she doesn't even know who the fuck you are? And
1: well, not only that, but then she's like telling you, like, "Well, if you know that guy, you must be a fucking scumbag motherfucker too." Yes. It-
0: it's just so good. The Twilight Zone aspect of this movie, it, it, it captured perfect. Th- that's what I love. I, that's honestly why I love Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Va- Charlie and Chocolate Factory. That's why I love this movie. It, there's a sense of there's so much light in it, but there's also so much darkness. Like, that's what's yeah. awesome. It should be a balance of it both because that's life and But general. I think
1: that's what makes this movie perfect is because you have – this is the darkest point of the movie. This is where he's at his lowest, right? Yeah. But slowly but surely, he's realizing that even though he's never gotten out of this town, even though he's never going to be super rich, even though he's not going to be a famous explorer, what he's done in his life is still an incredible thing. Yeah. And it's touched other people's lives. And again, as you, you motherfuckers know me, okay? I'm fucking Tim Yobo. For me to get this sappy and fucking emotional over a fucking movie that has this kind of a message, this movie has to fucking work. It has to be a perfect fucking movie.
0: It's amazing how they were, you know, especially... It it, it blows my mind that, you know, Frank, you know, Frank Capra was able to take a story and mm. put it in perfect sequence so that way it made... And, and honestly, this movie was not a hit when it came out. You know that's very well known. No, it was a failure. It was a failure. Yeah. They barely made enough money just to like pay the bills. Basically,
1: I think it only became big when it was, it was because an, it was such um, a failure that it was able to like for five cents you could show it on your TV yeah. station eighty five times uh, eighty five times a month. It became
0: public domain at some point because it's so old, and yeah, that's when it hit big. Uh, that's when I discovered it, you know, when I was in the '80s, and yeah. um, and it became it, it was a big part of my family. My I remember my parents having the VHS and the, eventually the DVD in color, but I always went back to the VHS in black and white. It's just something about it in black and white that just is so much more significant to me. But yes, a, at some point, he realizes that this isn't enough. He he um, starts walk. He he goes to the town he he asked clarence about mary and, and clarence tells him she's an old maid which means she's single and 35
1: <laughs>
0: back then that meant that you were a fucking lesbian and she still I guess.
1: looks fucking hot looks as gorgeous. a fucking old maid yeah she's yeah. got
0: some glasses and a little like fucking librarian suit on and he's like, Mary,
1: Mary, you're my wife. Yeah, I don't know who you are. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. She
0: freaks the fuck out and faints. And I think at some point he runs into uh, the blonde chick too. I forget her name, but um, –
1: Viola, Viola. No, Viola's getting arrested Because now she's a fucking dance she's hall a dance girl dance hall girl Ten cents a dance
0: And she's getting into fights and shit In Potterville or whatever the fuck it's called
1: Honestly She's a taxi dancer yeah, I will admit
0: that basically Pottersville looks like a uh, mini Vegas Yeah, it's Times Square It's just yeah, You got your fucking dance clubs You got your comedy clubs You got your strip clubs
1: Yeah, basically There's all the kind of flashing signs Everything except topless is being said Exactly, but it's
0: implied. It's implied. Yes. and George ends up um, he ends up decking his his old friend who's a cop. Um, I forget his name. I've uh,
1: who? Oh, that's Bert. Bert. Right? yes,
0: Bert. He, who just starts shooting. He starts blindly. shooting in the crowds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He punches Bert in the face, and Bert is so mad he just starts fucking shooting in the middle of Pottersville because it's Pottersville. I guess you can shoot yeah. it's hey. GTA style.
1: Yeah. Hey, Counselor, it's Yeah, You can't convict a cop here.
0: And he starts trying to shoot him. He misses him. And uh, George Bailey goes back to the bridge. And this is when we get our biggest scene of the movie, where he starts praying to Clarence and to God. And he's telling him, I want to live again. You know, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry for everything I've done. I'm sorry for feeling this way. I want to live again. Please let me come back. And he's crying, and it's... Um, I think at the time, there's no snow.
1: That's right, no. It's not, it, then, all of a sudden, it starts snowing again. It starts snowing again. Snowing so again. right back to how it was, yes.
0: Back to how it was. We see the snow come down. And the
1: cop car pulls up.
0: You, yeah, the car uh, pulls up, and Bert is like... And right away, George is like, Bert, I'll put you in the fucking I'll, mouth! I'll kill,
1: you again. <laughs> I'll kill you again, this motherfucker! I don't care. It's January 6th! <laughs> oh, fuck. Kill you, Bert,
0: and Bert is like, "What are you talking about, man? Like, what's going on?" And and uh, that's when he realizes that his mouth is bleeding from before, yeah. and uh, because he had gotten punched out. Uh, we,
1: but also, and he also has Zuzu's. He yeah, has pill- Zuzu's uh, pedals. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's got that's Zuzu's right, pedals. Man. He's got the devil in him. Zuzu's, <laughs> he got. <laughs> he got... got The P... Devil brought him back to he's life. Got... Zuzu's pedals.
0: Zuzu's pedals. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, earlier earlier in the movie, basically, what kind of shows us that George is is becoming an asshole is he gets mad at uh, one of Zuzu's uh, teacher because she did. It's, I think it was something like Zuzu got a cold.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, because she did. Because the teacher sent her home without her coat on. Yes, and he's like. Whoa, blah, blah, blah. And then he when he goes to Martini's bar, he gets punched in the face by the dad, by that no, by, the by father, that he uh, just husband, uh, husband. Yeah, yeah, by
0: the husband. He's like, you talk to yeah. my
1: my wife that way, fuck you, and he fucking dicks the shit out of him, and they kick him out again. Just another thing is like how everybody's connected. Yeah, right? everyone's connected, and that's the thing. Like, if you gonna start fucking up, all right. So hold on, Daniel, hold on. Let's think about this okay. for a second jimmy stewart's got all the shit going on in his life right Uh he gets pissed off because his daughter comes home and she has a cold he gets on the phone and he yells and screams at his daughter's teacher who then gets put in a bad mood right yeah who then is such a bad mood that her husband's like fuck this shit i can't take it anymore let me go to a bar and have a couple of drinks so i can get away from my wife for a while (laughs) And then he runs into fucking George, George Bailey. Bailey, the guy who fucking started it all. Which is like just how everybody and everything in this fucking movie is connected. It's incredible. Everything is,
0: and honestly, it's a, it's a close representation of of living in a smaller town. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, I've worked in smaller towns, and it is very much like that. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows the politics. Everybody knows where everybody lives. And, you know uh, yeah. everybody's business Yeah, so. it's it's just the way it is in those areas And I'm not surprised And honestly I did believe it when. And honestly he's kind of dressed like uh, The guy that I know what you did last summer Like He's like in like a fucking Kind of, yeah. yeah He's like in a big jacket, and a big jacket. <laughs> he fucking the It's incredible But yeah, so He's still bleeding from that hit That actually happened in real life Before he was, you know uh, Before Clarence did his whole thing and so he gets his life again, he goes home, and all of a sudden, he's in. He's, he, on his way home, he's excited as fuck, he's going through Bedford Falls, it's snowing, I love the yeah. fact with the part... Saying hello to yeah, everybody. Yeah, he's like, I love you, Bedford Falls, Merry Christmas, he goes to Mr. Potter.
1: Hello, Blockbuster Video! <laughs> hello, Hollywood Video! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, a Blockbuster Video would be the Mr. Potter in this town, right?
0: Yeah, it would be Mr. Potter, yeah. you know... And he and he does tell Mr. Potter like,
1: "Hey, Merry Christmas, man. Merry Christmas!" Yeah, and he's like, "Ah, oh, go home, you old fool. The police are waiting for your your house to arrest you for a stock store yeah. or whatever the fuck." Yeah, it Mr. Is. Potter says, "Merry Christmas in jail."
0: <laughs> he's such a <laughs> piece of shit. And uh, and that's Lionel Barrymore, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's so good. And so then he eventually gets back to his house. And he sees the fucking examiners, like basically they're um, what do you call? There's auditors. Three men daughter. there to arrest him. Yeah, yes. they're there to arrest him. And he's like, "Hey, I'm, I heard I'm getting arrested. It's all good. Like, fuck it.
1: Isn't that great news? Yeah, yeah I'm going to jail. But first, let me say hello to my kids.
0: And all yes. his kids come in, and he kisses the fucking loose ass fucking post to his staircase, and he hugs his yep. kids, and. All of a sudden, people start coming through from all over the town. The, the
1: thing that annoyed him the most—that thing with the, the fucking—because fucking, it was a shit house, thing, right? Like yeah. it's now the greatest fucking thing in the world that happened, yeah. right? That's oh man, this—it brings morning. you down to earth. You're like, I'm not going it, right now. It's fucking three thirty-four in the morning. I'm gonna probably watch this fucking movie <laughs> when you get finished talking about this goddamn movie.
0: <laughs> so he kisses the post. <sighs> And he says hello to Zuzu, and his kids come because he had a, a, a before he just last and and honestly, it, it reminds me of my father, you know. And and I don't know about your father, Tim, but you know, my dad was rough. You know, he had he had a lot of rough edges. He didn't grow up the you know the easiest way, and sure. and but you know what? He never ever, as much as he yelled and was scary, never abused us or anything like that. So like when Dad was having a tough day, hey. When he came back around and he was having a good day, we you know we loved him no matter what. Yeah. You know, Dad had to do a lot of shitty shit to make sure we had food and stuff. So
1: he had to deal with Mister Potters. Yes, yeah. and
0: so I always understood and Uncle it. Billy's. Yes, so I never ever hated my dad for being uh, not the nicest person because you know what I he worked the same job, the same fucking factory job for fucking thirty five years. So i would never done anything for, like, five years straight. So I give him credit. I understand why he would come home and be not that happy. I think he deserves credit. Yeah, that's (laughs) – that's
1: look, uh, you know, God bless him because he was at least alive in a time where you could work for a company for 35 years and retire and get to a point where you, like, at least got a pension and, like, work enough. I guess, like, you know, he did okay by you and your family, right? Working in that factory job. his kids go to college? Yeah. Yeah,
0: Like, I think it's – I think that's all he wanted to do. He's way smarter than what he was doing. You know that's one of the big reasons why I think i I feel for this George Bailey character is like I think my dad could have done much more in the right circumstance, but he was stuck in the the situation he was in
1: and but okay, well, then look at it this way also Daniel is look at like George Bailey with all the different lives that he's touched and all the different things that he's did. Who knows if your father went to college?
0: I would have maybe not he exist. Make your mother... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's yeah, that's the way life that's is. That's how I
1: always look at it. Yeah, I always look like I said. If I, you know, if I took a day off of work a week before I met my wife, maybe I would not have met her. Yeah. So everything happens for a reason.
0: Exactly. That's what, that's what makes this movie so special to me and to a lot of people is that it really does have a lot to do with just your life unfolding and it's not always going to unfold exactly the way you want, but you're going to be able to adjust accordingly. And a lot of times yeah. it's because for a reason, you know, like in your own, you know, not having, you know, the movie tries to make it seem like it's like some godly influence, but Honestly, a lot of it just is fate. Is it just natural, exist- natural uh, yeah, I existence, think, I guess. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I think... Because uh, yeah, like I said, even when I saw this movie, I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God. And like I like I, like I, I said before, even if there is a God, if you live your life the right way, you don't do anything really fucked up, you're going to make it to heaven no matter what, whether or not you believe in him. If that's the only criteria to get into heaven is whether or not you believe in him, fuck him. But... This movie doesn't really count. Really, like, really lean into the, the religion. Part. Not that much. It's like no, it's, it's just everything that he just does is just like he's not like doing it. Like, oh, I want to get into heaven. Oh, I love. No, he's Jesus. not thinking about oh, any of that. He's just doing it because it's the right thing yeah. to do. We
0: never see George ever mention God or religion. We never see him in a church until the very, very until end. The very end, where we're like, yeah. okay, like he was obviously raised in some sort of. You know, obviously, especially back then in the '40s, yeah. you know, yes, Catholicism yes. was huge, and so he prays to God to save him and to bring him back and to live, let him live his life again because he wants to, he wants to live again. And yeah, when he goes back and everyone comes through and they give him money, like people that don't have much, like they're just barely making <sighs> it, and they give him whatever they have. And his brother comes. Well, through. yeah, because when
1: he comes back to the house, he's so happy. He's like the three people are like we're here. We have an arrest warrant for you. He's like, oh, that's great. And he talks to the kids and all that stuff. And now Zuzu doesn't feel sick she's anymore. Good. The kids playing the fucking piano, which is hitting the right notes. Yep. That sounds like a fucking cat. Great <laughs> Brady's all happy. He's all good. Whatever. <laughs> And then Donna Reed comes in, and she's all happy, and he like starts kissing and hugging. Yeah, because he doesn't like care that. about the
0: money at this point. Like yeah. he's assuming he's just gonna go to jail.
1: And then that's when she comes in, and then that's when she says, like, you know, I've talked to people around, the and town they all want to help. Something you. great's gonna happen. Everybody wants to help you, and that's when everybody comes bussing into the house,
0: and they just start dumping.
1: Cash, straight cash. Yep. Like people that yep. he helped back in when the Great Depression hit. People that and, and that grumpy old motherfucker who, when the bank ran bank run was happening on his honeymoon, was like, "I have ninety four dollars and seventy two cents in the bank account. I <laughs> want everything." He fucking gives that money right back. Uh, somebody gives up one of the people who's there to arrest him gives him the fucking watch. Yeah, yeah,
0: they're like just
1: here, obviously you're here. And I know stuff. we haven't talked about her much because, all right, she's maybe the weakest part of the movie, but the housekeeper yes decides that she's going to give all her money that she saved up to get herself a husband. Yes, yes, the housekeeper. <laughs> and the 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 main cop comes in. He rips up the fucking arrest warrant. He puts it in, and then to top it all off. George's brother, who wasn't Jesus. supposed to be able to make it because there's a big fucking snowstorm and flying in would be super dangerous, pulls up and he fucking makes and it when, in. And there's a telegram. And when
0: George Bailey says Harry in this like kind of thin yeah. voice, like, you made it, Harry. Like It's like, uh, he gets me every time.
1: Well, yeah, because not only that, because now he realizes that not only did he save his brother's life, that if he wasn't born, his brother would be dead. But what all the stuff that his brother did to win the fucking, what, the Silver Star, yep. the Bronze Star, whatever Silver the fuck Star it is.
0: saved so many All those people lives.
1: that he saved, all those other people would have been dead. And how many families would have been affected by that? And then just the domino effect
0: by him. Mm-hmm. It. It's, it's insane, dude. And his <sighs> brother's the one that announces, here's to George Bailey, the richest man in town.
1: It's, uh, i daniel every i am uh, getting a little bit of a lump in my throat just thinking about it right now because that is the line that is maybe the the only line that i can consistently see in a movie that continuously just fucking gets me every fucking It's special
0: time. man because yeah. it makes you feel like you know what if 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 i put if i you know instead of like my bullshit that i feel like i need to earn and all this horse shit that you know yeah. If I just if I just focus on helping others and helping my you know helping my family and helping my neighbors and the people I love, you know that's all that matters in the end. It's very special because this movie really dr- drags you down, like uh, yeah. in a dark way with George and.
1: Yo, he's ready to fucking kill <laughs> yeah,
0: himself. I mean, not a lot of movies had a lot to do with suicide at the
1: time. <laughs>
0: it's mm-hmm. kind of rare. It wasn't a big. It wasn't a subject that was covered as often. And, uh yeah, man, to this day. Yeah, and look
1: at Mr. Potter, the richest man in town, right? The guy yeah. who owns 90% of the town. What does he have? He has a guy that he pays to push him around in a fucking wheelchair and wipe his fucking ass for him, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's all he's got. Nobody likes him. He he. All he gets is the
0: fact that, you know, he owns people. You know, he's basically... A glorified mob, but not even that cool. Like he's just a one one arm, you know, just a one man army with a, a couple of uh, people that he, you know, that are under his pay, that are in his payroll. You know, and and it's amazing. Like the the way this movie wraps up, and it ends up with the uh, with the uh, I forget the name of that song, but it's the uh, New Year's song that people sing. Um, Um, Oh,
1: my God. Uh, Are we going to be so fucked up that we've done this whole movie by memory, but we can't remember the name of the fucking (laughs) song (laughs) at the end of the movie? It's called... The Herald it's called Angels Old Langs,
0: uh, old Lang Syne. Oh something. that!
1: Oh that's! Oh my fucking god! We remember yeah. the we forgot the fucking New Year's. Yeah,
0: the New Year's song, and it's it's just such a weird. Nobody even knows the lyrics of that song. It's fucking ridiculous. That song goes back to like the fucking nineteen tens. All
1: for friends, living for hours, and all hangs
0: on Lang Syne.
1: I want. I'm gonna see where, where did that.
0: Where was that? Uh, traditionally in New years. There
1: has to be a punk version of that song, right?
0: Okay, so, maybe. So, the text is a Scots language poem written by Robert Burns in 1788.
1: Wow. Go ahead, read it, Daniel. Go ahead, do it. But... <laughs> Come on! I'm haven't. just looking at the history. You're looking it up. It's got to be there. Just, it, can't, it can't have the fucking so lines, it's based, right? It's based on
0: a Scottish folk song, so of course it has to do with... Uh, in, in 1799, it was set to a traditional tune, which has since become standard. In the, it's the old Lang Syne, Uh
1: You know, everybody thinks they always like these fucking mix-up and mashes today. Are oh, fucking unique. But back in the day, they did that shit all the time. They took, like, a 200-year-old song and put it to new fucking music and called it a new thing.
0: Yep. And uh, it goes, should all acquaintance be forgot, be forgot and forgot never thought upon again, the okay. flames of love extinguish and fully past and gone.
1: It's like it goes on and on, dude. Like there's like that's a sad fucking song, man. Yeah, it's like
0: it's it's kind of weird. Like it doesn't really make sense in our English now, but it's like
1: should old you gotta get Kyle on and you have him sing the song. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the bloody bitch, you know he's a drunk Irish. He's a dr- oh my god, I almost got into a fucking war. I should almost call him the drunk Irishman, the drunk Scottishman. Who the drunker he gets. More yeah, I know Kyle. Gets, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him. I think he's been on my show. I think so. I, sorry, Kyle, if I forgot. It's probably just been on once, and I do. I drink a lot, um, and you would understand that if if you're uh, Scottish. Uh, so,
1: I'd be, I'd be surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if he was on your show, and both of you forgot about it. In <laughs> fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the three of us forgot about it without drunk we get.
0: I mean, the lyrics are insane. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never thought yeah. upon? The flames of love extinguished yeah. and fully past and gone. Is thy sweet heart now grown so cold that loving breast of thine? That thou canst never once reflect on old, long sign.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So, think about this one, Daniel. Like, think <laughs> about the girl that you first fuck? fell in love with, right? Yeah. You don't think about it that much anymore. You don't love her anymore, right? No. So, that's kind of like, you know, thy own acquaintance be forgotten. Yeah. The flames of passion, whatever the fuck it was, died down. Yeah. But at the end of it, think about everybody because, you know, maybe that first girl that you fell in love with because she ended up not marrying you became the greatest thing that ever happened to her and she became fucking uh the one who invented Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> I hope no old bitch of mine invented Bitcoin. I'd be super pissed. I, uh oh, yes.
1: you let you in on the ground floor, man. I'd Come be on. very,
0: very, very, very mad about that.
1: Stop fucking up the environment,
0: Bitcoin. I mean, I try to only date women that are smarter than me because I, um, I
1: admire it. I mean, come on, you, you just, you're just playing the numbers. I am.
0: I am. I admire. There's a lot more smarter women than me, obviously, and um, it's something that I aim for. But yes, this I, you make sense, dude. I think the song does have a lot to do with looking at the past and being like, the this is what has happened. these are the these are the things that have you know these are the positive. Influences that I've had on people, and they, they've had an influence on me. But you know what? It's not time to forget that. Now it's time to look forward as well and enjoy what's going on in the future. And uh, it's a beautiful. It's just,
1: you know, it's just a fucked up way to start off the New Year's. Right? It's kind it of weird. Sad, yeah. Right. It's just kind of a sad song. I've learned about that bitch from high school for for fucking reason. Come on, song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fucking Scottish people. God damn it. Oh man! But either way, you know, at some point he's holding on to Zuzu, and the little bell rings on the on the yeah. on the tree, and
1: she says, "Teacher says every time a bell rings, and who's the teacher? The teacher that he yelled and screamed at, and ended up <laughs> he make, getting punched in the yeah, face for right? In the face. <laughs> and first of all, I'm like, yo, Zuzu. <laughs> You, I'm putting you in public school. She shouldn't be teaching you about religion. I'm going to sue that fucking no school. Oh shit. I mean,
0: obviously, I, I will tell you, Tim. Yeah, I, I don't know if you went to public schools, but for sure they didn't.
1: I went to Catholic school and public school. I went yeah. to public
0: school straight up, and they did not keep that separate at all times, for God's sakes. I...
1: Hell no. Jesus it's Christ.
0: the worst. I mean, there's a reason why me and you were saying Jesus Christ and God's sakes. Yeah, they just, they just, yeah. bl- just blended into our brains, sons of bitches. But, yes, she says that every time the bell rings and it'll get swings. He opens a little book that uh, I think that was there in the collection.
1: Yeah, it's a fucking first edition of Mark Twain, too. That's just got to be worth money. Plus, it's signed by an angel. (laughs) But that doesn't exist in real life on this
0: realm. And he says some, I forget the message that he tells George. I think he says something like thank you uh, for getting my he, wings or something like that. Uh,
1: well, I think is the thing. it's like no, I think the I think the beginning part is like no man knows his worth in this life. Yeah, there's a little line there. Except through others. Yes. Which if that's not if that's not the thing and I just made that up, holy fucking shit. I'm good. <laughs> There's no way you just made that up.
0: I think you're actually pretty close to what is the <laughs>
1: I'm still pretty yeah, good for being drunk the, at three fucking forty nine in the morning and just remembering that shit off the top. It, of my that's head. a solid
0: that yeah, that is the solid theme of the movie. You know, you're um you're greater than the you know, you're greater than the parts of just yourself. You know, the the more that you uh positively affect people, the greater that you are as a person.
1: That's why I do podcast, baby, because maybe I can change one person's life. <laughs>
0: Oh, dear God, are you, are you, did you do this? you think you're affecting people positively? Holy shit.
1: Uh, Look, you know, you never know. It affects people positive, negative. Who (laughs) knows what's going to happen? I'm an agent of chaos. Okay.
0: (laughs) Holy shit. And, uh, George, thanks. He's like, thanks, Clarence. I love you. And, the movie ends, man, with that uh, old, uh, old dang sang or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, it's it's a wonderful movie, man. I just I don't know. I'm glad we decided to
1: talk yeah, about like it. A, it's just one of my all time <laughs> favorite movies. I never get sick and tired of watching it. Uh, I like I said, it's been at least a year since I've seen this movie because I haven't started watching it this year. Same yet. here. I have watch it at yet. least three or four times before Christmas or New Year's. And we're able to just go off the top of our
0: head with no notes. Yeah, no. Me and Tim jumped on this, and uh, I'm probably going to release this on Monday because it's December. And I don't, obviously don't want to release this after Christmas. And uh, yeah, please. I'm going to push this over to Monday because, honestly, I think it's worth talking about. I think a lot of people, if you've never seen this movie, you should watch it. Um, I don't ha- – I I, uh, I guess I, I guess I'll do – as you know, uh when I cover these movies I like to do a quick impression. This is a segment I like to call quick impressions.
1: Oh my god, who are you gonna do?
0: Quick impressions. Mary
2: <laughs>
1: Do you have one tip? <laughs> uh what? Well, gee, let me see. Oh hmm. This is a tough one. <laughs> See, I don't do voices. That's my thing, right? <laughs> Even when I do voices, it just sounds like me. So if I if I tried to do a Jimmy Stewart, it would just sound I like don't. me trying to do a Jimmy Stewart as me. I don't
0: know if you know the bit, but I don't do voices either. Tim.
1: <laughs> I barely. Could... You do great uh, voices. Look, when you showed up on a fucking podcast, uh, I had to listen in like ten minutes. Like that's dead, right. <laughs> You had me fucking surprised. You had me and Candace both fucking like, wait a second, yeah. who is this motherfucker he, on For
0: the those show? of y'all that don't know, I, I've i been on his, his podcast, which is the Bloody Bits Horror Show. And well,
1: it's not mine, it's yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, y'all's podcast and uh, uh, run by Eddie the Axe, and I've done a couple of characters, quote-unquote, on, on that show. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I hope you like that quick impression of just me saying
1: Mary as... <laughs> I'll hey I'll do i uh, I'll do a Donna Reed. George Bailey lassos the moon. Oh no! Wait, hold on! No, <laughs> wait, hold on! Cut that out, Daniel. George Bailey lassos the stork.
0: Yeah, just as good. <laughs> I'm gonna keep them both. <laughs> so hee so, as you know, Tim, that's a better one. I like to rate these movies. One of my favorite mustaches. You have the the you know this the full full manchu, You have the fucking walrus full, Man, full
1: manchu. That's full, it. Full, full Machu. Stop! Stop! Stop. Don't even come on. If any motherfuckers listen to this podcast and they don't give this movie a full Fu Manchu, (laughs) fuck you all. You don't have any Christmas spirit. You have no Christmas spirit. You're fucking. You're just a
0: horrible person. You're heartless. You're a heartless cunt that doesn't deserve to be around in our existence, you son of a bitch. You're right, though. I do give this the full Fu Manchu. I love it, especially. I'm sure you agree, Tim. Black and white. Watch this movie in yes. black and white. Oh no,
1: don't watch it in color. Don't
0: yes. watch it in color. Enjoy it in its original form. It's so good. Jimmy Stewart just knocks it out the park. Honestly, everybody, every single fucking yes. person.
1: Yeah, there isn't anybody in this movie that who isn't fucking just like hundred percent spot. Oh my off. God, like I don't
0: know the casting. I don't. I I don't understand how they decided on everybody. Donna Reed, fucking Lionel. Barrymore as Mr. Potter, mm-hmm. Thomas Mitchell as Uncle Billy, Henry Travers as Clarence. They just all knock it out the park. It just they uh, fucking Frank Phelan as Ernie, Ward Bond
1: as Bert. And Viola. Let's not forget, Viola's fucking yeah. hot, too, Violet right? Bick is her name. Violet. So Vi- yeah,
0: Violet, Viola. Viola, close enough. Her name is Gloria Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, she's fucking gorgeous At some point she Graham. Graham. She kisses uh, Jimmy Stewart on the cheek And leaves a little bit of lipstick She's gorgeous as shit Jesus Christ, I love this movie and uh, This is a solid fucking Foolful Manchu You need to watch this movie before you celebrate Christmas yep. With your family it's, You just have to I'm, I don't know what, what else I- to tell you um, And uh, as you know <clears throat> uh, You can find the podcast on You can learn a little bit more about episodes coming up on our uh, on Instagram at Mustachio Podcastio and on our Twitter at M Podcastio and Tim, I know you're really drunk,
1: mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it. I'm going to plug your show, dude. Yeah. Okay, I got a couple okay, plugs. Plug okay, plug them listen up. Listen to this, motherfuckers. Uh, join our Patreon at the uh, at Patreon yeah. forward slash Bloody yes. Bits, and it's a podcast that does horror. We do. Uh, You know, once in a while we do some things we call hard dick movies, which is like all action movies, like the movie we watch tonight. We stream with uh, Boz, Cold as Ice, Stone as Ice, whatever the fuck it is. Cool as Ice, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, dick flicks. And uh, join our Patreon for like two bucks a month. You get into it. Uh, You can donate more and uh, listen to it and uh, get all our bonus episodes. But here's the real thing. This is coming out Monday, Daniel? You say? The 13th? Okay. Good timing because I worked out a special deal with Stores and Bickle, the makers of the volcano. You hear that plastic bag? You hear? You hear this sound? Okay, you, you all know what that is. Oh, yeah. That is a volcano vaporizer. And starting tomorrow, December fourteenth at ten a.m. Eastern Standard Time, through December sixteenth at ten a.m. Eastern Time, so for forty-eight hours. If you go to storesandbickle.com and buy anything except for the Mighty Plus and the Crafty Plus, which are their portable vaporizers, but anything else, their main volcano, accessories, whatever you need, and you put in the code, and I am not joking, Yobo Gold, <laughs> you're going to get 15% off on anything that you buy and help out our podcast and maybe get me a free Volcano. If you ever how's that for if a If you ever
0: wanted to see a guy go from George Bailey to Mr. Potter
1: <laughs> This is the episode <laughs> Look, if I get a free volcano, that's going to make me happy. And then I'm going to go out of my house one day. and I'm going to be extra happy. And maybe, you know, I'm going to give somebody a smile. Some lady walking down the street, I give her a smile. Give somebody a smile. (laughs) Jesus. And make her feel better. And then she goes home. And, you know, she treats a cat a little bit better. And that cat doesn't scratch the rug. And because that cat doesn't scratch the rug, her husband doesn't get mad and say, get rid of this cat. And they get into a big fight. And they end up staying together for 50 years and having kids. Hey, it's a wonderful life. A whole of narrative.
0: Um, if, you, if you enjoy being Tim's uh, back and forth, you have plenty of episodes to go through from from my from my show. But I recently um, covered Twilight with the Bloody Bits horror mm-hmm. show. And yes. I, it,
1: and you're going to be on again you're soon. You're
0: going to be a, a, on again soon. So keep track of that show. You, you'll get plenty of me, plenty of Tim Yobo, uh, Eddie the Axe, and Candace. And also – I, I'm on the grind plenty, and so is Tim. So, you know, we're all a little bit of a family. So enjoy those episodes as well. We, mm-hmm. we've, we've had, so, oh, my God, we've had so many good times. Um,
1: Quite a network. Yeah, like we got a little bit here, of a yes. network,
0: you know. Well, we might have some announcements soon at some point that you might love because it's going to just mean more of us in your face, in your
1: ears. And more stores of pickle coins. Fuck yeah,
0: dude. So until next time, thank you, Tim.
1: No, thank you. Hey, I'm happy to... Uh, fucking four o'clock in the morning. I'm, uh, let's talk about this movie again. Let's talk about the sequel.
0: Anyway, I'll
1: check it out all... <laughs> <it> later. <laughs> Bye. Eh, it's not that bad of a life. <laughs>